so he just like had a fucked up eye the yeah. rest of the mm-hmm. all right it must not be that bad. It sounds like he didn't need to put the eye patch. I don't back think on. it. Yeah, right. The, the implication is that it is, uh, you know, it's a style choice, which you know, can't fault him for that. It certainly works as a stylistic choice, I think, for the character. Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Emilio Diaz. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm Jesse Catherine <laughs> Weber. And I'm Andy Gramuga. Well-oiled machine. I'm Colin Ashley. It's early. Hi, everybody. Yeah, hi, everybody. Uh, later on in the episode, we're going to be uh, doing a little Barbie Oppenheimer preview by talking about uh, previous films by Greta Gerwig and Christopher Nolan. But Two hours. <laughs> Before that, we're going to talk some news. We uh, Yeah, ex- real quick. We, we're most more talking about the lack of news. We're not right, talking yeah. about news. There's a yeah, big piece of news that, that we been... don't have. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we maybe just... Well, let's start with the one piece of news that we do have, which is that uh, Adam McGoyan's film... Uh, Seven Veils with Amanda Seyfried will be world premiering at TIFF, which uh, leads directly into our first update on the Venice draft, which is that uh, the first thing that happened, I think, is that Andy got a single point for uh Well, the first thing that happened was, I think, was that you were denied a point by Le Miserable. Okay, I was going to put yeah, sure. all of the points okay, that I got well, denied sure. together. Okay, uh, well, all right. That's fine. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, I did So get a yeah, point. you got yeah, you got one point for challenges uh and no more points. And then yeah, I I will be receiving zero points on uh the Radu Jude film, the Lodgley film, and the Adam McGoyan film because <laughs> all will be world premiering in a different place. Uh two of those I feel fine about. The Lodgley one is still the one where I'm like, Alright. Uh Plenty of other points uh, to go around Sure, for anyone, mm-hmm. including me. Someone can get a uh, point any day now. Uh, well, there will be a lot of points next week. Sure, when they announce their entire lineup. That will be when most of yep. the points happen, probably. What yeah. Well, not not most, but many. What yeah. If, sure. It's just like every, every single guess is a flop. They just pick right. If I win with we one pick point. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we do. We have established that, but we get to pick more movies. Right, we only yes. pick the cop movies that no one picks. So, yes, which there will be plenty of. Uh, but yeah. So, the main question now is: Do we know any more than we did a week ago about how the strike will? Ex- uh, affect the fall festivals which is again not 
the most important thing, but is a thing that we are thinking about. Right, and the thing that we are most going to to discuss, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, we're not necessarily equipped to discuss things like will it end before they start, though the consensus at this point seems to be probably not certainly for venice right and Uh, certainly not like long before they start if it does end before they start it'll be like oh next week here we go like that sort of thing uh and so one thing that would have told us more is if tiff had announced rather than just that one adam agoyan film their entire slate of special presentations and galas which was what was supposed to happen on wednesday uh, and I, you know, I, I would have been surprised if we'd gotten like a totally full, this is all of them, right. but I did Completely think they normal, would do more right, of yeah. a, like, this is three quarters of them and we'll have the rest when we know a little more. Uh, and instead they're just pushing it off till it can't be that long. They are, I think they sent out an, an email to some people yesterday saying that, the schedule is not, which is coming out on August 15th, is not being delayed, so they can't uh, hold on to stuff for too much longer. They could start announcing things other than special presentations and galas, which would be the things less affected, but that would be unusual for them to do this first. Uh, but there was also a screen article more talking about Venice that was, uh, quoting an anonymous source in Venice who was saying uh, that they feel like the last few days it's been, like, looking better every day in terms of what they think will be available to them. Which, you know, they said doesn't necessarily mean that's going to keep going until they actually announce their lineup, which is on Tuesday, I believe. Uh, Yes, Tuesday. But is a good sign. And, like, it it sounds like studios do not have, like, a consistent... Uh, you know there are maybe some that are just like we're gonna skip festivals this doesn't make sense and then also some that are just like we'll plan for normal and if there's still a strike happening we'll just uh not have actors there yeah yeah because i guess there's like a way the way i've been thinking about it is less like tiff doesn't know what they're playing and more like what they were announcing were special presentation and galas and what right. galas implies is people showing up right i, I remember right. there's been like there's there's been jockeying in previous years Definitely. right where like yeah. someone was like oh actually this person is now not available so now this is not actually a gala anymore now it's a yeah a different category or whatever so like they they, they that those i guess those with section labels have meant something very specific at TIFF previously. And I think they're probably, that's probably the thing is they're trying to figure out like, well, what does it mean to have a gala in a SAG after strike world? Yes. I think that's exactly right. And like, you know, the other thing that happened is that, uh, I think we were saying like when the, the, we, we had heard when we first record that there were maybe going to be, uh, 
exceptions to allow promotion for, I don't know if we they were using the word then, but truly independent is the word they've been using. And so we, last week, were like, oh, well, that doesn't count like A24, but what we found out is that it does in terms A24 of production. Counts. Yeah, right. Right, I mean, so this is the thing, is that A24 itself does not seem to be affiliated with AMPTP and right. seems willing to sign the interim agreement. Uh, it th- Who is included in AMPTP is pretty opaque uh their website has not been updated in like uh well over 10 years sure. it looks like but uh, it would include say... things like frequent a24 partner apple like though that's their part oh, of the certainly like, yes yeah. and also like yeah it, it is a lot of uh companies uh, yeah. they say like over 300 and the, what i was able to find is that i think someone did some digging during the last WGA strike, and it's a lot of, like, uh, production companies run by actors or directors. Uh, So some of those may also uh, not be eligible, which, you know, I'm sure there's co-productions with A24 with those as well. But yeah, it, it seems like there will be some opportunities for big movies, big-ish movies, you know, buzzy movies to have right. their casts there. And, you know, that also doesn't mean that the casts are compelled to show up. They can still say, right. we're well, not right. going to show up, unless it's, like, in their contract, maybe. Right. I guess it is not also unclear to me, I don't know if we said this specifically, that, like, if the waiver is simply for the production of movies only, or if it also would apply to promotion so the, of movies. Right, like, so the the waivers that it's, well, it's first of all, it's not a waiver, sure, it's or a, a, them a, signing the interim right, agreement. Yes, right, right. So the, the, the interim agreements that have been signed so far have been for production, but they did, they have said that that will be available for promotion as well. Sure. Okay. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I think, uh, you know, SAG leadership has signaled that they are very willing to let people work on indie stuff just as yes. like a slight fuck you to the studios just yeah weird. the uh the the uh what is it duncan something ireland he he said like crabtree. it is like the hmm. crabtree i think is the middle yes duncan Tra- crabtree ireland uh he said like if all these companies are willing to sign the interim agreement that is a signal that our demands are reasonable, which sure. they are. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Like, there definitely has some been like some like, oh, a twenty four isn't really independent, and like, yes, but clearly this is what SAG has decided is a thing that makes sense to do. So that seems reasonable. Yeah, I mean, there's like, I guess there's like a conversation to be had about like whether a place like Neon or a twenty four is like quote-unquote truly independent from like an artistic sense but i have to imagine from like what they mean just functionally as like how they operate i have to imagine they they qualify there i mean i you know what they mean functionally is just that they are not affiliated with amptp so yes i don't know that they meet most other functional definitions but that's fine. 
and we also, you know, Neon may well be uh, represented by AMPTP. We have not, you know, they produce a lot less movies, so we have not seen anything about that yet. But yeah, I don't know. I, I generally do have the sense that, like, there will be some effect, but it's not necessarily going to be, like, huge. And, like, you know, I as far as, like, studios it, it is probably mostly going to be like the ones that aren't going to send their movies are the going to be the ones that are thinking about delaying them i would think uh, but then I'll, you know netflix is the one that i really wonder about because it would surprise me if they like started delaying things because it's an obvious like if other people don't delay things right. then their whole Here's thing is Netflix. like, fuck and you, I'll... we're fine. Like, like Right, and also, like, they don't need people to promote their movies because it doesn't matter if anyone sees them. Right, yeah. they have the uh, algorithm to promote it. Right, I mean, they do, but also, like, it doesn't, they you know, like, yeah. they're, they, they're, the whole thing is it doesn't, the numbers, the numbers. are tr- opaque, it doesn't matter, yeah. you know. Uh, so, yeah, but also, like, I don't know if that, means that they're like oh but it also doesn't matter if we send them to festivals but maybe it does if the the little thing they can have is uh you know thoroughly reviews so yeah. i don't know we'll see i still think they will want like a all of these companies want to hit award season and to hit award season you have to put your movie at a festival that's probably right yes i didn't like right i guess yeah the question like does Netflix think what they actually have serious yeah. Oscar contenders for this year? And I mean, like, there hasn't been any indication that they're pulling May-December out of New York, nor has there sure. been any indication that Challengers is getting pulled out of Venice. Right. So, and, and that's the other Venice thing, is that I don't, you know, the, the stuff that's going to be in competition, they have said they will have to sign a binding agreement before that gets announced, and there's not, they're going with that on time, so definitely there will be some decisions made by then, and I would imagine that those decisions having to be made will mean that we'll get more about you know the decisions will all, the, those decisions will mostly apply to TIFF as well, and they're maybe just kind of waiting for that to uh, iron itself out because Venice is forcing that. So yeah, I think that's all we've got for now, news-wise. Great. So Emilio, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's all we got news-wise, and uh, we'll be right back with uh, Barbie Oppenheimer uh, Insomnia Business America talk. Uh, with? With our guest, Kathy Olsen. And we're back. Uh, we're joined right now by filmmaker and writer Cassidy Olsen. Hey. How are you doing, Cassidy? Hello. I'm well. I'm well. I'm excited to get into this. Yes, thank okay. you so much for yes. joining us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and... As I assume we got into on the intro to this episode, we're going to talk about uh, the films Insomnia and Mistress America. Uh, this week is the week that Barbie and Oppenheimer come out. Come out uh, a big event in the world of. I mean, perhaps the, the, the final world. big, perhaps the final big film event uh, for a long time. That's true. Depending yeah. on 
Maybe of all time. Right, yeah. yeah depending depending on on we'll see how these strikes game. resolve. But, uh, yeah, it certainly seems like it's it's, it's something is shifting. <laughs> <laughs> so well put, in. Final collapse is in the air, as they say. <laughs> yeah, this is the end of history. This is the end of history for movies. <laughs> yeah, so I figured we would talk about previous films by the filmmakers, uh, why we peach- picked each of these previous films. Is a little nebulous, yeah, but sure. we'll get into it. Festival I have... releases was one of the criteria. Yeah, you would think right? we yeah. picked something directed by Greta Gerwig. <laughs> but we're kind of going off the beaten path a little bit. Uh, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll yeah. get into it. But before we get into it, uh, Cassidy, we usually, whenever we have a guest on, we like to ask them about what's their history with film festivals, like either attending as public, attending as press, attending as a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. So I was curious, like what that is for you yeah absolutely so Emilio you and I met I think for the first time at Cannes which was was last yeah. year right it was Cannes 2022 two um, yes. and we were sat next to each other at one fine morning right that was yes. right yeah, yes. yep, yep. and Whoa. we were both paranoid because everyone around us was coughing up a storm and there was one particular lady yeah. who was really going <laughs> this is sort of the famous COVID screening for me <laughs> yeah yes yeah oh you did get COVID out of that didn't you oh god I did get coronavirus oh. so, <laughs> to so be fair I, I also did not like sleep for 48 <laughs> hours Your so there's a lot of there's a lot yeah there's a lot of like stuff going around and I don't want to you know I don't think a court would convict right. this one. You don't specific want to say 100 no, percent of one person. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that was my that was my third can um, was 2022. My first can was 2018, which is the Whoa. first year that they did the three days in can program, which was awesome. for young. I mean, young kind right. of a range when we say young, but yes, at the time yeah. I was 21, and sure. I was graduating from university in boston and i was like oh i've always wanted, i've always you know been a huge fan of film and i've been you know i wouldn't call myself a working critic at that point because i was still in school but i was writing for um for different blogs i was writing for school papers and i was like i want to go and i wrote my little cover letter and then i found out that i i had gotten in and i know you know that was the first year so people were very excited about getting there but i'm coming from boston i had no money and i right. didn't know how i'd make it because it was essentially the few days were reading leading up directly to my graduation ceremony and walking and the whole family's supposed to come in and i was like this isn't gonna work and then very kindly one of my brothers ryan um gifted me a sort of a graduation present tickets to go oh i was able to go which was very sweet um and at that point i had only been to local i'd say local festivals not in in boston not that they're that small or anything certainly still like i have boston and some other some some boston-based festivals but i'd never been anything international I always loved Cannes. I loved fashion a lot as a teenager, so I would really wanted to go to Cannes for that reason as well, not sure. just the films. Um, but I was delighted to go. So that was kind of my introduction to, I'd say, like the European festivals. And then I didn't go in 2019, didn't go in 20, well, it didn't happen in 2020. Yeah, 2020. And then I started going again to some of the European fests because I actually moved to Europe. So I live in Ireland now. Um, and I, I moved in 2020, so it became a lot more accessible for me. It's a lot more affordable, obviously, to, to, to travel to France and to, to spend time there yeah. if you are not coming from another country. Yeah. Uh, or sorry, coming from another continent, having yeah. to cross the, 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 yeah. o- the ocean. The ocean crossing key is quite <laughs> yeah. so steep. Yeah. 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 And um, yeah. I was really going I to... Remember, a, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I remember when I went the year I met yeah. you, 2022. I went there three, day, three mm-hmm. days at Cannes. And I, everybody I would, like, from three days at Cannes that I would meet around, 
they would always ask everybody like oh where are you from and there were most of them were from europe and eventually they asked me and i was like i'm from puerto yeah. rico and they're like you're a maniac why did you do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah whenever i saw people going from having done that like obviously not not even as far as puerto rico but having come from the americas and from you know having crossed the atlantic yeah. to do that i was like who does it's exhausting because you're dealing with the jet lag for a really short term visit and then you're also trying to work and i'm really bad at being tired and working so that was the big thing for festivals in 2019 i was going to loads i went to toronto i went i did the i was part of the new york film festival critics academy in 2019 so i was doing a lot of them in 2019 into 2020 mm-hmm. and that kind of changed because i've sort of form i've left formal film so i'm not kind of doing it professionally in the same way um but it's exhausting i don't know if people do it like that's the thing it's like it's just mm-hmm. exhausting and it's fun yeah. I remember all the films I see at festivals so with such clarity, I think, because you're so, like, it's such a heightened experience. Yeah. But it's not, it's a difficult lifestyle. Like, I really give credit <laughs> to people who do it all the time yeah. because I just don't know. I don't, I, I'm very bad at it. And I'm very bad at turning around work <laughs> and, and having to do that sure. as well. So yeah. Yeah. now I stick to, I've, I've worked in festivals in Ireland and things like that, but I haven't been to any of the big ones since, since besides Cannes, uh, since, since 2019, I'd say. Sure. Sure. That that is funny because this year at Cannes, I was like, "What if I tried sleeping this year? Maybe that would go better." Yeah. And turns out it did. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to like. Yeah. Yeah, you're not plagued by by the anxiety and the or whatever the, leading into the discussion on insomnia. Whatever happens to one's body when you're not sleeping. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. For sure. Sort of I was the for experience sure. of like being at TIFF is insomnia. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like. The idea of like a 10 a.m. screening is like much better than actually having to go to a 10 a.m. Yeah, it's screening. like I'll just pack it as much as I can a day. What's it's just watching movies, and then it's like, well, no, you gotta like wait in lines and go staying everywhere, and you're like constantly yeah. running watching, around. Watching five movies in a day means that you're watching 2.5 movies in <laughs> <Yeah>. a day. <laughs> Taking a, a, a decent nap in one of those movies. Uh, last year at Cannes, I was incredibly... I had gone out with friends. That's the thing is people also go out drinking or yeah. partying or right. like social. I was not doing a ton of that. I actually was staying in an Airbnb with someone who I won't name, but they were very <laughs> kindly letting me crash with them. And uh, they were trying to go to a bunch of parties I got invited to, and I was trying to go to bed. <laughs> I was just like on the couch in a ball when they came in being like trying to sleep. But I was, I did go out one night and then I was pretty hungover the next day and I had to see Crimes of the Future and I was so nauseous that oh, I couldn't sure. be in that room. <laughs> like I couldn't watch that movie in that scenario. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's fun, but it's, it's intense. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I guess we have the perfect segue into Insomnia. Yeah. Right. Uh, Christopher Nolan's third film. Second uh, or third, yes, third. Yeah, I always forget yeah. about Memento, which is you forget so about Memento. I, <laughs> <laughs> I got this tattoo. I don't know what it means, but I forget about this movie all the time. Um, yeah, it's his third film. It is his last film that played a film festival, right. which is crazy. why we are covering it. The film f- I, I am now forgetting which film festival. Right, it was, uh, Tribeca. Well, yeah. Well, I re- Dunkirk did do like a run at TIFF, I believe, but it had come out already. Well, like, sure. They, had, yeah. they showed. It, did, they oh, it was out of competition or something. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Because it came out in July. So right, but they like... did. But they did like a festival sort of like rollout of like, look at we're gonna play this in like the best format at all these sure. festivals mm. to like keep building the awards buzz for it. I think was the sure, strategy sure. there. Um. Sure. I guess it, the, his last film to 
premiere to I premiere guess. it. Yes. Festival. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Um. You, you know, it stars Al Pacino, Robin Williams, Hilary Swank, all Academy Award winners. Mm-hmm. It is a forty million dollar noir movie for adults, yeah. which is uh, the sort of thing that does not exist right now. He didn't write it. That's yeah, a remake. He did not notable. write it. Only thing he didn't write. Which a you remake can tell. Of a <laughs> yeah. You can tell. Sure. A remake of a Nordic film. Yeah, Sweden. Right. Really? Yeah, I think it's a Swedish like team, but it's set in Norway. Eric Skoldberg, yeah. I believe, is the director. Stellan yeah. Skarsgård, uh, starring, starring Stellan. Yeah. Uh, it is sort of interesting to look at this as his last film to play the film festival because it is sort of the last film he makes before he's like gigantic filmmaker Christopher Nolan because yeah. his, his next film is Batman Begins. Uh, so I guess we'll, we'll just like ask everybody what their thoughts on it are. I guess we'll start with Cassidy. How do you feel about Insomnia? Um, so th- I just Nolan saw, in general. Yeah, I just saw this for the first time. I'll say I didn't. Whoa. I've never seen sure. this. Wow. I, yeah. it just completely kind of, I think I yeah. just, I didn't, I, I'm a, f- I, am I a fan of Nolan? Um, I'm very, I'm very much looking forward to Oppenheimer. Like, I think that's yes. something that I'm excited about. Um, yeah. and I'd say that I can, I actually really, I really did, I really did enjoy this, this movie, but I had never, I didn't really know anything going in, having it be an adaptation and having it be an original non-Nolan script, I think is really interesting. And I think is really, frankly, part of why I liked it so much. I think I really... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Think I li- I really like his sense known sensibilities as a director, and I just think so much of his his writing I think is not for me, but is also very distinctive yeah. and it's so him and it's so unique. So at the same time, like, yeah, you can't separate him from his script, which I think is, is is I don't wish I don't wish to do that. You know, I think that that makes sense. Um, but yeah, it was really pleasantly. I guess I, I I wasn't I didn't go in with 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 low expectations because it's obviously stars Al Pacino and Rob Williams. So immediately you're like, oh, okay, I'm gonna like this a little bit. Yeah, like there's I'm, a little bit of. I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna be you know excited about this. Um, but yeah, I was I was really surprised, and I was really I was really in there, and I think he's just such a fantastic director of action and of like twists and turns and all that, and I was I was hooked, so I thought it was fantastic in that way, and and I was I was pleasantly surprised. Hilary Swank, I didn't love as much. Like I think she's just doing, sure. like I know that they're obviously doing really obvious Sounds of the mm-hmm. Lambs connections there but i was yeah. like it felt like she was just kind of being sort of a more derivative that but anyway we'll get into it but yeah i'm yeah. nolan is is broad for me like i've rewrought some of the batman films mm-hmm. and not enjoyed them as sure. much as i maybe had when i was younger yeah. uh recently um but yeah how about yourself i recently have been on a rewatch kick because i like i he's there's been such a gap since I've seen, because what Dunkirk was twenty seventeen, mm-hmm. and then you know, obviously I, I didn't get to see Tenet in theaters, so it's been since twenty seventeen that I'd seen any of his movies in theaters, and he's one of those guys that is just like when a new one's coming out, it's fun to rewatch a bunch of the old ones, um, and in preparation for my excitement of Oppenheimer, I was like, I should go back to some of the ones I haven't seen in a minute, um, and rewatched Inception and fully was just like this is great this is awesome <laughs> we need more of this as much as we can had a great time rewatching inception and then had sort of regarded this one as lower in my ranking because you know whatever his how he uh grows as a filmmaker i like a lot of his later things more than i liked his earlier things 
especially like following i don't really i mean like no one really stands following but it's still very bad <laughs> and um memento i didn't really like and i haven't revisited that one yet uh but uh, this i just like similarly pleasantly surprised but also just like like what was i thinking of course this is just like a perfectly solid procedural thr- thriller with like great actors in it and a very good director at the time like who is just like directing it interestingly picking the right shots picking the right like movements and completely like captures this mood of this like you know the nordic thriller as they've come to be and like the fog set piece is so awesome still he really just like sets you in there and pacino's so great the his sort of scatterbrain running around turning into like how tired he gets really just it sings and then uh williams you've got you know he's so funny as this like the guy who's uh thinks they're on the same level he thinks you know we see each other as we're the same guy we've done the same thing and he's so in over his head it's just it's great andy sure so i guess i'm like a i feel like i'm a pretty classic nolan skeptic in like my favorite Nolan film is The Prestige, which I feel like is the classic Nolan skeptic take yeah. of, like, that's his best movie. Um, I, you know, I like, I think The Dark Knight's very fun. Um, I think, uh, like, Dark Knight Rises, I, I like a lot of the performances in it. I don't really like Batman Begins. And, like, I, Nolan is an ideas man I struggle with. Like, I think Inception yeah. and Interstellar are, like, stupid. Like, they're, like, oh. very dumb ideas that I what don't do you mean? <laughs> like thinking. Like, Andy, do you I get just that think... when it's raining, that is because they need to pee in their dreams? I, I do, do understand. I understand it. <laughs> the I layers understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so many layers. Um, I, I just think, like, he's... he. I, I find him very strong. Like, the classic thing, all like, always is that, like, in Interstellar, he's like, oh, like, love is, like, actually, like, a scientific thing. And I'm just like, no, that's, what are you reducing love to that for? Like, that's, like, why, that's, like, this is how your brain gets around this thing, is, like, oh, it has to be, like, this scientific, like... I feel the same it, way. It, it, yeah, it, yeah it, it drives me crazy. Um, uh, so I'm not, Pretty like, cool. a big Nolan guy, and, like, I, um, I, I do like Dunkirk. I like, like, uh, and I'm excited for Oppenheimer, I do, th- like, I think, like, Dunkirk, I think, like, gets from, away from Mr. Like, I often don't like his dialogues. There's not a lot of dialogue in Dunkirk, so that works. And I like, <laughs> and I do think it's, like, the fun, like, whiz, sort of, like, the, 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 the overall construction is, like, it's not about thematics, really. It's just, like, a cool piece of construction that I enjoy. Um, and then, yeah, I, Oppenheimer, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful about i do think like i like that time period i talked about recently i've been rewatching wgn america's manhattan <laughs> which i think is exploring a similar um time like time it's also exploring the the building of the atomic bomb in a much more fictional lens but um i i do like i think that's a fun place time and place to explore and i think him having history to stick to i think will is helpful for me um, uh, did you hear the thing that he said right here was like, well, there's no composite characters. That's where there's so many fucking people in this movie. Like, I just right. put everyone in it and, like, didn't That's cut right. anyone out. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but, yeah, so this one, weirdly, like, the first time I watched it, I, like, I was like, this is boring. I don't, I, it's not interesting. And I, like, didn't, like, it was, like, towards the bottom of my, and it was, I was just like, there's nothing here. It's not even, like, really that I was, like, mad at it or anything. I was just like okay, this is, like, exactly what it is, and that what it is is boring. Like, so I'm not... And this time, I, like, watching it, I was, like, a little more clue-tied in 
until the moment when Pacino kills his partner. And then from that moment on, the movie just sort of becomes about something that I'm not interested in, where it's like, it's about his psychological state and like his, like, and I'm like, I was kind of into the solving a murder thing. And I don't really like, like the direction that it goes in once it becomes just like a Pacino sort of character study. And I think the Williams performance is also a little bit miscalibrated for me, where it doesn't really do much for me. It's like a little bit like, it, it, I mean, you feel him, like, clamping down his energy, I think, in a, in a way that I see how some people could find it effective, but I don't really. Emilio? All the way back to me? Yeah. I mean, obviously, I, I, I think I am maybe the biggest just Nolan guy. He, that's, like, one of the biggest things I've had to reckon with my <laughs> with in my life, where I'm just like, I just love the man. I just love all his films, and I like watching. I mean, it's a following, but it's a following. <laughs> it's like... I mean, just like, what am I going to do? Be mad at his student essay? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like, that's barely thing. But I mean, Insomnia is always a film that I've had a level of fondness of for just as a big Nolan head of just like, you can sort of see the tide shifting in his career. I guess it, it's like, it is interesting that his career shifted after this because it's like, this is his second depending on how you feel about following third straight like neo-noir movie mm -hmm. and like you can see the spec the place where his career would have just been like he makes a bunch of like mystery movies and noir movies and he just like works with suit works in within the studio system to just make like 50 million dollar movies obviously those end so at some point he would have had to not do that but uh i'm always just fascinating uh, fascinated with this movie for that reason and also this to me this is just like i used to go to this like dvd rental place a lot like in my hometown that i went like even since i was a little kid and insomnia has always been like uh just like the sort of cover that's been on the on display on the shelves there so i've always had that level of obsession with it as just like the sort of early 2000s drama slash noir that I can never get my friends to watch because they're like, why the fuck are you interested in watching, like... Homicide. Yeah. Movie? yeah. But, uh... And, yeah, for that reason, I've just always had a fondness for it. Also, just, like, this era Pacino, you know, uh, like, Heat yeah. through Insider, through this... He, this is almost he is dressed almost exactly like his insider character which is very funny of just like i guess pacino just had a leather jacket phase <laughs> that you have to respect um and just like i think it, this performance is very interesting in conversation with those two other performances because he's like those two performances he's just like very much clinging on to a sort of virility where he's just like yeah i'm obviously like a 50 60 year old man mm -hmm. but i'm still like the hot shot cop and this is the movie where he starts like that and then you can just like see. completely see it erode to it and at the end he's playing like the most old and senile <laughs> that he's maybe yeah. even still played to this day yeah uh which i've always found interesting it's like i've it's always been to me his performance especially in like the latter parts the most accurate depiction of how i feel tired especially the scene at the end where they're like all like drinking at the bar he's just like looking like, around like he's just mumbling. like looking at nothing <laughs> yeah he, he's like not even mumbling it's like people are asking him questions and he's just like yeah <laughs> dead face staring <laughs> yeah staring and the, obviously the final line of just like let me sleep i mean sure it's yeah. a, it's a great line 
Uh, oh yeah, that's another reason why I love this movie because I love. Uh, I I always have a fondness for movies that just it's like story end of story end of movie where it's just like sure. yeah the story right. ends yeah. we don't have Dumb we don't need that. like <laughs> there's no coda we need, where there's no coda where like where Hillary Swank yeah, yeah there's, yeah. Like, there's yeah. like twelve minutes left and you're like how are we gonna finish this and then it just ends yeah. and you're like oh yeah fair yeah what a nice fade uh Hillary it is the Hillary Swank character is funny because it is a little like sort of basic like young cop in a way that it's like half charming because it's just like a fun character archetype i find it to be but also it is also half just like this is the most basic version of this character like sure, yeah. like silence of the lambs is obviously a, a, an example of just like that kind of character but with more to it but it is still arguably which is the reason why I struggle with no, why I struggle having to defend Nolan. It is arguably his most substantial female character in any film. Yeah. It's like either even half like in Interstellar. It's like a little bit ha- right. Yeah, half still not very good. Even though I or, think it was written uh, by no. a woman. <laughs> so, yeah, right. Yeah, it, it is adopted by a woman. Um, or yeah, I got Cotillard in Inception is like in uh, it a lot. She's not yeah. a good character. No, I, really. I was thinking of like Ariadne in Inception. Sure. Uh, which is the Elliot Page character, sure. but even. Yeah, but that, I, I find like most of his women characters character. could just be men. Like they just could be men, or they're someone's wife. Like they just yeah. they could be. Sure. Like I, I yeah, not that it matters. Like it doesn't. I don't think it gender is really a big part of the the movie. This movie, um, mm-hmm. too much. But like I do think Hilary Swank's character could be. Um, that wouldn't like change sure. anything about the movie. Sure. Yeah. There's like there's a little bit of like. When at the end, when Nikki Cat's like, "Who's got two thumbs and likes blowjobs?" Oh, yeah. Like this guy, he's like, "Oh, that so line, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like absolutely anyway. ridiculous." I, I mean, Nikki like, Cat is this? the perfect guy for that role. <laughs> <laughs> he is so funny. Uh, every he's just pissed off at Pacino the entire time, and it's like uh, there's this great story I think from like comedians and cars getting coffee. Uh, but it's um, our greatest, Miranda our Sings, most, no, uh, our most cited, uh, <laughs> most cited, uh, yeah. resource. <laughs> uh, it's it's Rob Reiner and Mel Brooks like talking about watching movies together every night, and Carl Reiner's like Carl Reiner, uh, not Rob. Oh yeah, right. Excuse me. He says, um, he's like, uh, it's always a good movie if they say secure the perimeter, <laughs> and. Uh, I thought of that watching uh, Insomnia where I'm like, this is the perfect movie where he's like, IA is going to be on my ass. I'm like, this is exactly what I want to hear from like a grizzled old Al Pacino cop in like this weird Alaskan town. Yeah. He gets the El Mad Pacino- town and he gets the, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the Pacino thing is interesting because like Pacino, he's never really been one of my guys. I like, and, and Can't it relate. is, I know. But, like, and especially, like, watching this, this is a year before what is my favorite performance of his, which is uh, Roy Cohn and Angels in America. Um, and it was interesting seeing this, like, obviously, like, that character, like, there's six hours of that character, so there's, like, a lot yeah. more stuff. But, like, he does sort of, like, by the end of Angels in America, he's sort of in a similar place as he is in this, as he is dying of AIDS and is drugged and, and stuff. And it is, like, yeah, it's interesting to see him register how how he can live in that mode that like the the like i'm over like i i can't even like process the world around me mode for him uh is is i think like it's a it's a it's a register that he is he's pretty comfortable in and i think that he knows how to really play it up um and i think just in case anyone listening hasn't seen the movie the brief sort of plot is that 
He's a L.A. cop oh, sure. who is called to Alaska by Paul Dooley, who's a chief of the police in the small town of Nightmute, Alaska, uh, where it's always it's very, day, uh, if you get right. that re- little reference. And It's a very um, Twin Peaks setup where it's, sure, it's you know, yeah, a small town, dead girl yeah. found in the, in the garbage or yes, whatever. Yeah. Like. There's, there, there's a teenage girl's body found, and they call Pacino. Uh, Will Dormer and Martin Donovan is Hap Eckhart, who's also it's great to see Martin Donovan here. Obviously, we love getting him back in Tenet. Uh, a little shout back for Nolan. It's funny that he's never brought back anyone else from this. Like, you would love to see Pacino show up as like right. There were all those Robin Williams yeah. Batman oh, villain sure. rumors. I mean, but that was you know that was a different internet, Andy. Those rumors weren't real. <laughs> I mean. I'm sure they weren't, but um, certainly people, people were drawing the lines. <laughs> but yeah, yeah so- I, I, I guess I haven't read. He's not a guy who gets interviewed often. I think even that. Ret- I Except mean, now he's he, like I all over he, the place. He gets interviewed and I guess like with some amount of retrospect, I guess this specific movie just gets asked about very few times. But I, yeah. I am one. I do wonder like. If you ask him what it's like, what is it like to working with like Robin Williams? Yeah, what, what is what is the Nolan Pacino Williams conversation happen when he's like directing them on the ferry? <laughs> right. Yeah, because obviously there's like the whatever it is the thing that's in the Heat special features, mm-hmm. which is like a, Nolan's like interviewing uh, De Niro, Man, and uh, Pacino. Pacino for like so the, it's like obviously yeah. him and Pacino have had, and he he obviously uh, reveres. Heat, like that's like his. Yeah, he's sure. remade it so many times or whatever. So there's, you have to imagine he's like, I can't believe I got Pacino in this movie. <laughs> yeah, probably. But yes, Robin Williams' performance to what Andy said, it's like, I guess sort of see what Andy's saying. I guess I just like Robin Williams enough that I'm yeah, just like I, exci- excited to see this register from sure. him. I like, I like Robin Williams. So, like I think in. <laughs> At the time of its release, it would have felt really yeah. major, and even if it wasn't right. perfect, it would have been like, "Oh my god!" And now it's like, "Well, we yeah. know what right. Robin Williams's entire career looked like because yeah. right." And I do remember like this. It, this is around the same time as One Hour Photo, I think. Sure. Right, yeah. it's the same where, year, yeah. I think. Right, where like that was like the big narr- like Robin Williams like is showing us his serious side, like yeah. he's like playing he's these got... like dark, twisted, fucked up people or whatever, <laughs> yeah. like. I don't know. I, like I remember, like seeing the photo, and, and like obviously, one hour photo is like a very physical transformation. He's got the for white him. hair. He looked, yeah. He's at the strip of um, film. We all know the cover. We right. The yeah. Cover. And I remember that being like the overall image. And I think at the time I was like, well, I like the funny Robin. Like I have flubber on VHS. <laughs> yeah. I guess like, that. I guess that is more that thing for me where it's like I have no nostalgia or affection for funny Robin Williams. Sure, buddy. I don't really care. I gotta tell you, I watched Mrs. Doubtfire earlier this year and had a blast. <laughs> There's some great stuff. I watched the and obviously, I've been watching the Birdcage. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, classic. Oh, the Birdcage is so good. I, I guess I've only really seen like Jumanji and Dead Again. <laughs> oh yeah, that. Oh, we, we, we everyone drink. Cullen brought up Dead Again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we might need to have a 20 minute digression into Kenneth Branagh's 1993 film Dead Again, where Robin Williams has a uncredited performance in one of the most insane scenes I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It's really uh, crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's called to this village, uh, th- this town in Alaska to um, investigate this murder and the whole sort of gimmick of the movie, which they also got from the original is the, uh, the, the, that 
it's the time of year during you know the summer or whatever where it's always daylight and uh so he's like he right can't go early early on he's like let's go to the high school and they're like yeah, it's, and they're 10 like, it's 10 o'clock he's like okay uh, yeah and they're like p.m <laughs> it's really good <laughs> there's another the the great there's one there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of awkward exposition in this movie, but I do like that yes. one. That one, I, that one is, I think is funny. Like, it's 10. Like, no one says that. Right. It's weird that he doesn't realize it's PM. It is a really though. funny thing I feel thing like that they have... have... Because they're all in America. Like, it's funny, because, like, in the other, <laughs> right. like, they're, you know, in the original, I think they do cross a border. I mean, like, obviously, like, sure. sw- like Swedes are also familiar with, like, yeah. length of summer, but it was just a funny thing. feels very, like, you're in another country, and they're like, it's Alaska, which is yeah, the right. most yeah. other I'm, country you can get. I mean, sp- Speaking of yeah. the first time I went to Cannes, that was like the crazy thing for me as somebody who lives basically near the equator oh, yeah. when I went to Europe. And it was like, it's 9 p.m. Where it, and it's still it's sunny. Where I live, and it's sunny until 11 fun. this time here. So. Yeah. I uh, used to Could live in Alaska. Oh. We don't really talk about That's this right. often. And there was, I've been in the situation where I'm like, it's day and it fucking sucks. <laughs> I want it to be <laughs> night again. <laughs> where it's like, you'll be walking around at like 4 a.m. And it's just like looks sort of like dusky out it's like well the sun's gonna come up in 20 minutes and then it'll be daylight all again i mean you get used to it. you get like blackout curtains or whatever uh-huh. but uh why were you out walking around at 4 a.m andy there's not a lot the alaska still has suburbs so there's not a lot to do when you're graduated high school um the uh, uh, the the great scene of him uh, near the end where he's like taped up all the cushions on his windows and uh, he, uh, Maura Tierney comes in and she's like it's so dark in here and turns the light on it's like blinding that's another great bit of physicality for Pacino where he's like Daisy like doing the Mr. Krabs meme yeah. it, it's also like the other thing I was thinking of, of just like I sort of miss Wally Fish their cinematographer because I like this is it's a handsome movie for sure those shots at the beginning movie. of like the whatever like the tundra basically of these like glacial structures is really crazy looking and then all under the logs is really great oh yeah that seems crazy yeah yeah great chase scene i mean you don't this is the other thing like you think about uh, uh nolan as like the big budget guy like he's making the blockbuster movies and obviously he's taking that to his extreme where like what can my fans withstand as like me making a blockbuster movie if it's gonna be you know, this three-hour movie about Oppenheimer making the bomb. Um, and, and it's funny to think of, like, this is, like, the sort of blockbustery popcorn movie that we all, like, yearn for these days. Or it's like, remember when's the last time you saw a movie with, like, a good foot chase? <laughs> and it's like, now, you know, you get you get other things. But uh, there is a little bit, like, the quaintness that, that speaks to like oh take me back yeah i think something a foot chase between a 60 year old <laughs> and a like 47 year old of them are particularly agile or none of them yeah, are like cruise rift or like ready to yeah drive. exactly you know they're the same age or if not younger like i don't know yeah. how old Rod but he's definitely younger than tom cruise is now um, yeah right yeah one thing i i think that i've i've said this about a lot of films i've i've talked about friends recently that are kind of certainly from from 2002 but even like 2012 but this film yeah. would now be a, a series it would be a tv show and sure, like every yeah, I mean, obviously yeah. scandy more has become such a you know we think about like true detective sure. or um yeah. any of the or other like the killing, killing. killing. Yeah, yeah of course right, like all, all the shows that were either successful in scandinavia or they're completely unrelated to that but like obviously true crime as we know it is an entire massive genre and yeah and right. this kind of crime noir is 
relegated. Right. Not relegated, but it, it lives right. on HBO and Showtime. It would right. It'd be a mayor of I mean, town situation. We can just yeah. draw exactly. the straight line, and now it's Alaska Daily starring yeah. Hillary Swank. Right. <laughs> canceled, Colin. Got canceled. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Gone too soon. I think they pulled it from Hulu too. Whoa. Um. <laughs> what? <laughs> we can't talk about this. <laughs> Why would they do I thought, Ale- I thought Alaska Daily was a new. I gotta find thing. a tour of Alaska like Daily. Now, <laughs> no, it was like she was like a. I don't know. I can't speculate. It I was like the rise of capital like, that got canceled, and like was fighting false right. cancellation oh, accusations, okay. something like cool. that. It's something right, and there's like a lot of indigenous Alaska Daily didn't stuff. In didn't there, beat the yeah. canceled. I like <laughs> yeah, truly. So <laughs> when you got canceled, it was bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then there's like you know he's navigating the. Uh, the investigation they interview the girl's boyfriend uh and like it's very funny like the the sort of bumpkin alaskan cops are like what's a magnifying glass i don't know fingerprints we just watched everything <laughs> they, they really use that for all it's worth um yeah and i mean it's also i mean the, that beginning part is so funny because you can see like the heat pacino of just like his energy of just wanting to fuck with everybody yeah. including the kid and when he when he just when he's got the girl, her friend, who he's, like, suspecting, and they go in the car, and he drifts into the other lane, and it's like, uh, they'll move out of the way. We don't have to do anything. It's really funny. It's like, there's it is also still a hi- child. <laughs> yeah. There's also him, like, constantly dropping, like, little, like, pearls of wisdom to Hillary Swank, where he's like, motivation is everything. Or, yeah. like, he, like, has all these lines the about, like, or whatever. Or, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah, um, at the end, she's like, think... she repeats one back. He's like, oh, I said that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it is sort of like, if the movie was about anything, it's sort of about this guy clinging on to, like, the last moments of being, like... Right, yeah. that, I don't think Colin is said, like, sure, there's, an, there's an internal affairs investigation yes. that is, like, uh, about to, like, catch him as, like having done unethical things to, like, bring in bad guys or whatever. Yeah. Um, it was like planting evidence, he... essentially. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. And then he finds out uh, that his partner who's with him in Alaska is going to be brought in uh, for questioning. And he's, like, he, going to tell him the truth. He's going to take the deal. Yeah. He's yeah. Gonna, he's yeah. like, they're going to they're gonna give me a deal or whatever. Um, then they go out. They, they're, they're doing this big raid for trying to find where Robin Williams is. And they uh, – there's the big chase through the fog. And in the mix-up of that – people shooting things you know very uh silence of the lambs uh or rather uh very heaty when the guy accidentally sets off his uh megaphone same thing happens in heat um when they're doing the stakeout uh but then he accidentally shoots his partner and the partner's like you did this on purpose yeah or was it or i i mean (laughs) i guess i never considered that it wasn't an accident but uh you know, at the end, he's like, I don't even know. I'm too tired to even know if I did it. Uh, right. And then, yeah. like, Robin but Williams that, saw I think that's just like I think that's just, like, him giving up yeah. more than anything. I don't think you're no, no, no. really meant to be, like, did he kill him yeah. intentionally? Um, right. I mean, it's more like, well, did his subconscious, like, want him to, like, yeah. Sure. Yeah. So- and, the, like, solve his problems, sort of. The um, And then it sort of becomes, like, He's got to shoot a dead dog to get a replica of the bullet to put to that's, switch with that, evidence. That's of, yeah, that's just like an insane amount of shoe leather of just <laughs> yeah. like I because I've seen this movie two times. I understand what he's doing. Yes, but just like, watching it for the first about? time. <laughs> and then I, I always uh, like it, it is funny to watch the movie and be like, 
it is like 10 p.m. or whatever. Like, it's never broad daylight, but it's always so sunny. Right. It's I, I was thinking about it. I was just like, he's I bet, why yeah. did he shoot this dog in the middle of the day? Just wait till it's dark. Out. I bet it's it like, made oh, shooting uh, a breeze all day shoots. No night shoots necessary. Yeah, like, that's I'm what, sure it was. Yeah. <laughs> A all pleasant of our movies production. take place in yeah, night shoot Alaska. Night, but it's just <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and then it's like uh, eventually he he finds out through the uh, the 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 dead girl's friend that the guy's name was Brody, and this is the name of the character in the crime novels that Robin Williams' character Walter Finch writes, and he goes they start their relationship robin williams is like we're the same like i i I saw you shoot your partner like we've got all this info on each other we both accidentally killed somebody and then as it sort of progresses through that they just have their meetups he comes in for for questioning with the police uh thinking he's gonna like be slick and drop the the boyfriend's name (laughs) that seems one of the better ones yes when he's sort of i mean grilling him is when he because they they have this meeting on the ferry where they're like talking about what to do basically and Pacino's like humoring him and then you find out that Robin Williams like tape recorded it and uh one of the things they talk about was like we need a pa- we need a patsy to pin this on so I don't get in trouble <laughs> and he's like what about the boyfriend and Pacino's like they know about the boyfriend it's not a good idea and then they end up he he comes in and he's like you got to look at the boyfriend and Pacino's like you idiot <laughs> but yeah yeah too much of the synopsis, like I one of the films where I, I didn't know anything about it going in, and I would have just turned yeah. it on. I don't know why. I think it was because I was renting it, and I like looked at the synopsis, and I was like, "Damn it!" Like I like learned way too much reading yeah, about sure. it because I understand like most of the film is kind of the there's all there's not that many twists, but it's like after the first twist is most of the movie. So like fair enough. Yeah. But I was like, you know, right. uh, yeah. Yeah. The not fully knowing. Yeah. The synopsis, what, like, it, it, what... it tells you that it's Williams is the bad guy or whatever? Yeah, it introduces Williams as the bad guy, or, like, it tells you that he shoots his partner, and then it's, like, oh, keys. everything yeah. about I mean... that. I was like, okay, but now yeah. I, I already know he's tired, and I know he's addressing his <laughs> yeah. partner, but, like, now I know everything, kind of, other than how it very, very ends, but um, yeah. it's fine. Still, he directs it with enough, like, Yeah, there's, intrigue. it's very, yeah, it's handsomely made, for sure. Um, yeah. And it is it, like to me, it's just like, sort of like Emilio saying like it's it's got like a high floor. It's like this sort of good procedural. It's watchable. I can sort of do other stuff. I'll scroll Twitter a little bit, <laughs> and like I'm fine. It's like this movie. I get being bored by it. On. Um, with yeah. the view towards Stone's career, like I think that's an interesting thing yeah. now. Where like if you're a fan of Nolan and his writing and the kind of films he makes, you're gonna be like, wow, that was just normal. But yeah. now, as someone, there's people, I think, we discussed this earlier, so we all kind of said this separately, but now it's like, that is, the expectations are so, it's so massive and kind of blown yeah. sort of out of proportion that to see something like this is, I found it somewhat refreshing. Um, yeah. And to see that he yeah. is still like, you know, he was a very promising, strong director, even before mm-hmm. he was making, he would be giving, was given hundreds of millions of dollars to make movies. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've talked about it on this podcast within the context of, like, Soderbergh and appreciating just a defender of the normal movie, just, yeah. like, making normal and movies. Uh, we need more of those. I didn't realize until... Yeah. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. him like, Clooney. Clooney's on it, yeah. yeah sure, sure, yeah, they, they had must their... have, like, They must have acquired the yeah. original thing or something. Yeah, like, they they were, like, buying a bunch of stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, they were, like... 
a weird force in the early 2000s. They, well, they had their HBO shows that they both yeah. – it was like uh, – on K Street. K Street is the political one with, like, James Carville. And then yeah. the other one is uh, – I got to watch that. That's probably something. I mean, yeah, we don't need to talk about Soderbergh. But Full Circle is great, uh, and everyone should watch it <laughs> as someone who's seen it. Uh, and he's got, the, he's got another one. He just dropped – he dropped oh, yeah, crazy. Oh, yeah, that just came out. Um, but yeah, I mean, is there any, do we have any more, uh, thoughts on insomnia? I think Paul Dooley's, it's great to see Paul Dooley. Um, um, I guess, yeah, I, thinking about like this at a festival, I think is interesting. Sure. Like what festival did it play? Uh, it, was right a, it was a sort of fake, it, sure. it was a, not, not, not a fake out, right? Not to say Tribeca's fake, but it came out, it was, it, sure. it was in a festival. It was in Tribeca and then it was released three weeks later. Yeah, so it, sure, was, right. it was like one of those sort of like it was one of those where we're, we're, right. we're just gonna have the premiere. Kind of the sense yeah. of like right. eight, say eight months, twelve months earlier before its release, it was in a festival. This was just kind of the way they wanted to premiere yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, hustlers coming out while Tiff is still going. <laughs> yeah, hustlers yeah. Goldfinch both came out like that week. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, There's always one. Woman King was was the one last year. Sure. Um, Woman King came out so at the same time at TIFF that I thought it was a Netflix movie. <laughs> the entire I was like, I'll just throw it on, and then it was not on Netflix, and I had to really eat my words. Uh, Shoutouts to Martin Donovan. Yeah. Uh, he yeah. is, I guess, he is the one person in this movie he that comes back for no. I feel one. like Nikki Cat might be in Nikki one, Cat. The the was he Cat is in he's in Memento. So he, this is his second. He never played cat. like a cop in Dark Knight or something. He might be in like Dark Knight Rises. Or that something. feels like a perfect role to give Nikki Cat to the Wikipedia or to the. I'll, I'll look. I'll it's look. funny because Oppenheimer as well is like mostly new players. Like even though there's yeah. so many people. In Oppen- yeah. yeah. Roderick rules. Apparently, uh, we we all love that Nolan <laughs> picked the guy who plays Roderick in the Diary of a Wimpy Kid movies and is like hyped about it. Apparently. Um. No, I don't think he's in it. Yeah. Oh, he's in The Dark Knight as Shotgun SWAT uncredited. And we nailed it. Thank you, Nicky Cat. <laughs> he should have been Here's the guy credit, who says... King. He should have been the guy who says no more death <laughs> Yeah. And The Dark Knight. He should have been Aiden Gillen that... on the plane at the beginning of Dark Knight Rises. Even though he's great there. So what, what do you know? Uh, Dark Knight Rises. Also, I will be, <laughs> yeah. I will be rewatching Inception this week. Like, I, 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 I even though I'm a skeptic, I do love Inception. So it's I, just a blast, I and it looks so Inception. cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this time that Colin t- describes watching Inception, I was rewatching with with him. Okay. Yeah. Like, sort yeah. of to my protest because not because I don't love Inception, but because it is the movie I have seen the most oh, yeah. in my life. Oh, really? So I just did. Wow. I, I just didn't, had to no, I did not feel. It's like. Inception is the movie. Every time I get like an either a new TV or like a new Blu-ray yeah. player or whatever, I like I have to play Inception on it just to know what it what it looks like. It's the what baseline. With? For me. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, Great Hans yeah. Zimmer score in Inception, yeah. <laughs> obviously. Sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, what a, what a, what a, <laughs> <laughs> while we're here, <laughs> my, uh, my my one of the theaters and one of the big cinemas in Dublin, um, which, which does a lot of good programming, um, recently did a, a Zimmer like month, and I didn't see any of Dolan's. I have friends sure. who went to see it or saw it and went to see the other ones, but just for the sound, so just to be like, no, 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 this isn't about yeah. it's about Hans Zimmer, and then they did all of his yeah. his film stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's a good enough reason to go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some people out there, even some of the the Nolan girlies out there, like 
hating on Tenet. I'm firmly <laughs> ten toes down on the Tenet ground. I love that film. Tenet is, uh, yeah. It's sort of... Tenet, that, movie's, that movie's not set in any recognizable real life. It has such a weird look and feel it to it. It is so awesome looking. Remember when it's, like, all red? Yes. Uh, yeah, my favorite that scene in it stinks. is when, when when they're describing the how they're going to do the plane heist thing, and it, it, everything looks like it's set in, like, a deus ex cut scene. <laughs> yeah. Uh I it it has entered other Wally Fister classic Moneyball <laughs> in the films I watch clips from on YouTube yeah. Pantheon. Uh, A great Aaron Taylor Johnson performance in uh, in Tenet. Maybe the only good <laughs> Aaron Taylor oh, Johnson performance. Oh no, bro! Rethinks his <laughs> outlooking. <laughs> don't bring up outlooking so and outlooking. defend him. I don't know uh, how I feel about Tenet. I saw it the one time, and I need to revisit it. But I did see it in yeah. theater, like when it came out here. I just moved here, and right, I was like, yeah. I can go to a movie again. And then yeah. I couldn't again for right, a movie yeah. Years, but I did. I That's just, a weird yeah. movie where I went. I did the same thing where it's like I yeah. need to go to the theater and watch it. And it, I, that first time I watched it, I thought it was pretty good. But I thought it was like a, it, yeah. you know, obviously a weird yeah. experience overall. Yeah. And then I rewatched it at home when it came out. Like I could just download like a. I could legally <laughs> acquire a 4K copy of it, yeah. and I was like, "Yeah, this is the good stuff." It's yeah, it's a great uh, one to just see again. That yeah. I mean, that's I just get more and more annoyed as it goes on. <laughs> I mean, I'm it's got a lot like, of bad stuff in it for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that the I'm brand, just, I, I the Brad performance about. really like makes the, me. Mad. I mean, the depicted like, stuff really... like doesn't work at all. Brad, I'll I'll follow Brenna as an actor wherever he, he wants to go. If you like Brenna, he. He's so good. He does the Russian villain so well in his own directed film, Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit, <laughs> just to keep hitting the brand. His body, his like limp again. body, hitting the side of the boat as it goes down is always going to be yeah, the funniest. That's thing. Yeah. And- Andre Sator. <laughs> it's not uh, Sator. <laughs> I truly am so terrible with character names in anything. I just refer to people by their actor. Yeah. And Andre Sador as the bad guy in Tenet is one of the few that sticks in my mind. Yeah, it's crazy. I guess that's obviously because it's a film where the main character doesn't have a name. Yeah, he's the but, protagonist. Uh, he's the Ugh. protagonist. Also, again, that's again, awesome. again. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Because they were like, it's sort of disgust on the Zoom. Because they, the they were like, it's time. The whole marketing hook originally was, it's time for a new kind of protagonist, <laughs> which I think just means. Nolan has cast a black lead. I think it's all because that's all I can really think. I don't think that is what he means, but it is sort of like one of the few logical conclusions (laughs) you can draw from it. (laughs) Uh, Remember, uh, they also there was the big Travis Scott thing where he was like, "It's the Travis Tennant Travis sandwich," (laughs) where they were playing the music video for whatever the what is the song called, Emilio. Don't ask me. That song's not very good. <laughs> the plan. But, uh, the plan. <laughs> the plan, yeah. It's, the plan does kind of go, I'll say. They obviously, yeah. they obviously re- revealed the trailer in Fortnite. Right. I forgot have done. about that. We, the culture's over. We're all done. The trailer That should have been like the real, like, Flash is going to the about... empty blockchain, Emilio. Do you understand what that means for us? That, well, that really should have been like the shot across the bow. like the thing where they showed the opening, I think, before Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Which the also opening... had a thing revealed in Go- <laughs> Right. <so. laughs> it's all just that should have been like the, the real, like, yeah, movies are ending. <laughs> yeah, Our entire society is going to collapse. Like, well, what are we doing here? That... <laughs> <laughs> the moment that that no Christopher Nolan had to be like, I'm really excited to like 
debut my thing on Fortnite, people are gonna be really yeah. <laughs> people are gonna be really hyped for like new forms of showing content to people. Yeah. Um, um, I guess the one last thing I thought on Nolan because this I don't know this probably might be the last time we ever talk about Nolan on this podcast. It's just like obviously he's a huge Michael Mann head. Michael Mann obviously has a he's gonna have a new film out this year. I was trying to figure out like what's the difference between them uh, just thematically. And I think Insomnia sort of clarified it to me where it's like I think they both just love making films about like obviously like men making tough decisions. But I think Nolan has a sort of weird addiction to like importance, I think, and just like historical importance and just like the importance of what these guys do, whereas Michael Mann is more like, no, these are just like guys and they'll just do whatever. Like this is important to them because they're just very serious people. Whereas Christopher Nolan is the guy who's like, I want to make Oppenheimer and even making a movie about insomnia, like insomnia, he's like, like, this just can't be his reputation is ruined. It's like his reputation is the backbone, which is holding yeah. all of cri- LAPD's criminals in jail. And like, if he gets caught, <laughs> yeah, that it, it is funny when they're like, everyone will be released if you get the, if this IA thing goes through. And it's like, is that how it works? <laughs> I think Christopher Nolan's um, just kind of a cornball. Like he's just kind of yes, like yeah, she, right. like I don't like his politics. Yeah. I think like there is movies. I'm like, sure. I don't think we would think the same things about how things should be. But uh, he's like a war yeah. dad, I think. Is his but then, then Michael Mann, it's like I don't know. But he doesn't. He doesn't care. Like you just said, like he's he's not as obsessed with like what does this mean in the grand scheme of things and yeah. What's who's no. what's right? And Michael Mann's just like this is guys. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's like Michael Mann will make a movie about a guy, and Christopher Nolan has to make it about a person. One of our <laughs> one, one of the gr- one of boy. one of the great. He's like yeah, one of the great guys. <laughs> what is the thing? Because uh, I'm excited for Oppenheimer. I was a little skeptical, yeah. but then I saw the new Mission Impossible yesterday as we recorded this in IMAX. And seeing the Oppenheimer trailer in IMAX is such a game changer. That movie yeah. is going to rock. But it is also so funny when Albert Einstein gets his hat blown off. And it's so funny <laughs> when Matt Damon's like, how about it's the most important thing ever? Every time that Matt Damon scene comes on, I'm like, god damn. I'm like, that ruins yeah. it for me. I hope he doesn't no. make it. It's, I'm so excited for Damon's yeah. performance. The way that it is shot so Albert Einstein is like like Nick Fury or whatever is like very funny to me. The <laughs> Einstein in the trailer he's is like, such a great where it's like thing. He has to like find him at the lake or whatever. Like yeah, that like wind go, blows his head off he's and he like looks him at down. the camera. <laughs> That's why I'm worried about Oppenheimer. I'm really excited, but I don't understand how his like Nolan sensibilities will intersect with something that is that really truly very serious and important sure. as Oppenheimer right. as like as the bomb like in those two things together I'm worried but I'm excited yeah, yeah. We'll see that's that. the juice that's what I'm there for. <laughs> I'm, there, um, <laughs> I'm there for it being accidentally tasty <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm completely um, uh, let's just make perhaps- crime illegal <laughs> Yeah, the dentats and make crime <laughs> yeah, illegal. What a brain on that guy, Chris. <laughs> Dark Knight Rises is one of the stupidest films of <laughs> Truly, all time. For sure. It's one of my it favorite should, films. If they to did watch. the AFI list again, it should be on there. Not Dark if, Knight. It, just Dark Knight Rises. No, it should be on a hundred lines, hundred laughs or whatever. Um yeah. perhaps as a point of transition I can mention so uh, Insomnia was distributed in at least North America by Warner Brothers. And Nolan, of course, has been like a Warner Brothers person since basically since 
the beginning. Like he, you know, he did all the DC stuff and everything since Warner Brothers. He got mad at Warner Brothers about the day and date on HBO Max stuff, and so that's why Oppenheimer is being released by Universal now, which I think is interesting because also because there's also like because to lead us into the Greta Gerwig talk, Barbie is of course WB's Warner Brothers big uh, July release that they're mm-hmm. doing, and that's part of the reason why people think that they have stuck to the same weekend. It was just so that wb could be like we're not budging off of this like we're gonna like but also like people are like but they want him back so like maybe they should have moved it like there's like a whole lot of stuff going on there with the studios and obviously like the studios are in an interesting place right now during the uh double strike that is happening and also just in like david zaslav just in general having be previous to the strikes been in an interesting uh cultural place as the man who uh seemingly wants to cancel and remove everything you like that you have access to um yeah i I mean it it is interesting to me like yeah the how the 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 oppenheimer barbie thing like it it is sort of reminiscent i guess of like of like dark knight mama mia or whatever right or there's like other like there's been other like yeah, there's other like Nolan movies, like or or just like the days when there were multiple big movies. In sure, one they would drop in the same where yeah. it was like true counter programming that up was like these as well, which again a completely different worlds, but that came out. In, right. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, and it is like yeah, it's interesting that like this is the first one in a long time where it feels like no, these are two like tent bulls for each studio, and they both like want each of them to do well. Um, and I don't know, it's it's yeah, it's an interesting world that like. We're, we're getting one last sort of gasp at one of these, and who knows whether it'll happen again anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, uh, safe money is on it maybe being the last time this ever happens, unfortunately. I've heard, yeah, are, but, I, uh, I might be wrong, and also I'm not like a, I'm not like a prognosticator, like I don't really care, sure. but I have heard that Barbie is, it seems like Barbie's going to win, so to speak. Like, I mean, that seems to be the sure. It'll make more money, um, um, partially because it's I mean, shorter, it's, it's, and like they can do more. They can more. just show yeah. more, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they can, right. So it seems like I mean long. Also, Nolan movies tend to be like year. I like it's yeah, like you know yeah, the dads yeah. don't roll out opening weekend. They like yeah. go like in the middle of August and uh, and yeah. see Dunkirk with their on, on a yeah. Monday. That's that's like, how Dunkirk made like it had a decent opening, but Dunkirk just like opened like in late mm-hmm. Ju- July yeah. and stayed every single week of August. It was just like number one. Yeah. There's nothing coming right. out. And he just he loves late July. And that is very true this year that there is nothing coming out in what August. Do you mean? That is any threat to any of the either Blue of these two movies, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, Stray's gonna really uh, uh Stray's rock, will not be coming out. <laughs> yeah. Stray's again has been pushed, I have heard. Um sure. Um I'm catching Stray. <laughs> But yeah, let's let's start talking Gertwig. Um, so, yeah, we're we're talking Mistress America specifically today, which I feel like. So I guess the the Gerwig breakout was Francis Ha, right? That was like I feel like well, when we were so, like Greta Gerwig is an important artist who like sure we need to pay attention maybe to that her. is when that's if you're considering that the breakout because she starts in Mumblecore with like Joe Swanberg and like Marky yeah, Claus yeah. making those movies, and then that transitions into her being in Greenberg in 2010 and then you know two years like later a writer, though like as someone who is not yes, just yeah. in front of the camera talent as Francis Ha right well yeah and then um, I believe Nights and Weekends is Joe Swanberg and yeah. she is credited as co-director, co-director yeah. um, which there's a whole sort of drama there um, but then uh, 
uh, as anytime Joe Swanberg's brought up, there's drama, but there's um, uh, the, the the Noah Baumbach and her relationship that starts in Greenberg and then pivots to they co-write Francis Ha, they co-write Mistress America, and then eventually now they've they've co-written Barbie as well, and uh, she was in White Noise, uh, and then she's in yeah. I mean, the, the, and she's, she's heavily the inspiration for Marriage Story. Like, sure, yes, yeah. Sure. They have two, uh, and like also they're, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. The um, yeah, uh, and then it's also like um, yeah. Th- th- then after uh, Mister America, she directs uh, Lady Bird, and then Little Women, and now she's directing this, which is sort of the so- the full circle of like Bombach directing her scripts, and now she's directing Bombach's script in a way. Pretty funny. Yeah. And that is the reason why we picked Mistress <laughs> America. And not because a member of our podcast who couldn't be here today objected to watching Lady Bird. <laughs> yes. So. <laughs> um, but yeah. I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I do think it is interesting to look at this movie in contrast with Barbie. As just like, this is a, Barbie is a Gerwig Bombeck movie in a way that uh, obviously Lady Bird is a Gerwig solo. And I think, I guess... Apart from just the adaptation, I, I, Gerwig I, is the per, the only credited screenwriter on Little Women. Right. Well, this is the thing: is like they're like when they talk about it now, they're like, "Oh, we all like read each other's scripts and give notes to each other." I never. So like, apparently, she like had a heavy hand in Marriage Story, and he had a heavy hand in Little Women, like that sort of like that's sort of like I think what they say if you ask them, but like sure, so solely credited on yeah. each of those movies. Um. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I guess to to get into, like, Francis Howe was definitely the first time I took note of Greta Gerwig as anything to, like, to, to, to be aware of. I saw Francis Howe, I don't remember, did I see it in the theaters or not? I, I think I maybe did. I definitely saw Mistress America in the theaters and, like, saw it and liked it uh, at the time and, and, and found it very funny. Francis Howe was one where I was like, this is a special movie, and, like, I, it was one where, like, I revisited that one a lot, and, like, I, it was one of the first Criterions I bought and all that sort of stuff. Mistress America was always just, like, I had a really great time with that movie, and I think that movie's really good. And then I haven't revisited it since then. So rewatching it for today was the first, for, for our conversation today, is the first time I had seen it since seeing it in theaters back in, uh, when I was living in, uh, when li- living in Hartford, Connecticut in 2015. Um, yeah. Uh, any other anyone else want to discuss their their background with this movie? Yeah, I mean, I think there is an interesting conversation to be had in the fact that I think that is the standard like reaction right. to like Francis Ha versus Mistress America of just like Francis Ha is like special and like a, a movie that really captures this like place and time in your life mm-hmm. and like this interesting breakout and Mistress America is just like they made a another movie together and it was fun and people liked it but it it was not gonna be like you can't it's hard to be special twice in a row especially right in a row capture that energy uh but i just think like due to when i watched the movies and just like differences in age between people here mrs america is the one is the movie that i watched it was like this is much i am 25 i almost said 26 i don't Uh know why but i am 25 but uh, Mrs. America is a movie where I watched it the first time, and I was like, oh, yeah, this really s- is speaking to, like, a place in time in my life and, like, how I sort of felt about that 
Hey man, uh, which, give it a couple years which, which, and rewatch Francis. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Maybe. Yeah, the, yeah. I the, mean, I'll say that I did rewatch and this rewatch of Mrs. America, which we'll, we'll get into soon. I did like it a little less, and I am wondering like how my reaction to it has changed. Yeah. But uh, I am. Um, I guess. But I guess I'll just. I I think. Do you think I still like it more than Francis Ha? Because. I do think this is just. I love a line. I love good lines. There's eight million in this one. This movie's so. got there's, <laughs> certainly. There's like, it's among the most good line dense movies of all time. Yeah. Um, for uh, Gerwig, I had just by virtue of being someone who watched a lot of, as we've talked about in the past on this show, uh, TV shows that were just thirty minutes of movie trailers, um, and Baghead, which is a. Mumblecore movie that Greta Gerwig's in with Mark Duplass uh, and maybe Steve Zissis. I can't really remember. Um, and I was like, sounds aware. about right. I well, yeah. <laughs> I was aware of that, and then I was aware of Mumblecore and like aware of who Gerwig was, and like wanted to see Greenberg when it came out, and like my parents wouldn't let me. And then uh, so and like New Gerwig was in that and was like excited for Francis Ha when that came out. And because it's part of that IFC deal that they had at the time, it was, like, straight to Criterion. And I remember when it came out, I got it, and it was like, this is a huge movie. And uh, then when Mr. America came out, I uh, missed it in theaters and then saw it later and have, like, revisited a few times and, like, think it's hilarious and one of his best movies. And then Francis Ha had sort of fallen away from me a little bit where I was like, that's maybe something from my youth. And then uh, – um, was thinking about it, and I was like, oh, I guess, like, every song in Francis Ha I learned about through Francis Ha, and it's, like, so much culture that I have is, like, filtered through this movie, and now rewatching it with the experience of, like, the culture that it is referencing, I've seen, I've become more, like, well-versed, and uh, it just hit, like, a ton of bricks. That movie is so raw. We don't need to get too deep into a Francis Ha conversation because uh, we're talking Mistress America, but it's truly one of his masterpieces i think <laughs> and totally like i rewatched um ladybird recently and had a sort of fell off of it a little bit but still think it's very good um and then watching francis ha the scene where she like visits her parents i was like whoa this is really like the parents in ladybird and everyone was like those are her real parents <laughs> i was like holy shit this is blowing my mind um but yes and then mistress america is uh so funny and so good and we'll talk about uh, it. I would like to clarify something that I think this is important context that I guess due to just like when I got into films, I do think I watched Lady Bird before I ever watched Francis Hall oh, or Mrs. America. Fascinating. Um, I fall somewhere in the middle. I think all three of you. I, um, yeah. So yeah, I saw Francis Ha when it came out in cinemas or when I was in high, I would have been junior or senior in high school. And it was really important to right. me, really important to, like, one of, like I said, one of my closest friends, and it was very, like, women friendship thing, and I would, mm-hmm. I lived adjacent to New York, and I loved girls, and I was like, that's, yep. wow, adulthood, which is such a mess in the movies, but also, like, when you're a teenager, you're not maybe understanding, like, it's not fully yeah, aspirational, but, <laughs> like, but also, yes, it's, yeah. you know, it's like, she's going exactly. to Paris on a credit card, or whatever. Um so I love Francis Ha, <laughs> was big for me. And then I, I think I just said this because I just saw this film for the first time for this recording. Whoa. I had never seen Mistress That's America. Awesome. 
Um, I think I said this in my letterbox review, but I felt like I was busy becoming myself and I wasn't watching <laughs> movies in theaters as much when I was mm-hmm. like early in school or whatever, when I was in university. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so I missed this and then I never, I never see. I'd seen the gifts, I've seen the lines, I've seen screenshots mm-hmm. over Twitter and I've seen, you know, I saw Lady Bird when it was out and that was very important to me when that came out in 2017. So this was just in the middle, right. you know, and I just didn't, I just yeah. missed it. And then now looking, watching it, I really did enjoy it. I thought it was super funny, really liked it. But it does feel, still to me now, it feels sort of minor. Like, And I think that's because it just doesn't push for the same emotions or the same scope that you're getting out yeah. of Frances Ha. But also I think because I didn't yeah. see it at the time I was that age, looking back, I'm like, oh, but Frances Ha has that pull. And this is like, I'm seeing it kind of with fresh eyes as an adult. Um, so I just didn't, I didn't have the same. But I really did enjoy it. Like, I, 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 th- I thought it was thought it was great. And she is so funny because she's, but like Gerwig is playing this Gerwig's herself really... but like times 10 and like more yeah. vapid than she right. usually plays and more self-absorbed right. yeah. and not like as endearing as she's usually right yeah it's, it's what if what if Greta Gerwig had no self-awareness no <laughs> sort yes. of, like... this, like, kind of you know and so it was a load of fun but yeah I just I just totally missed it and then I yeah I, I love Gre- like you know it's very easy to like Greta Gerwig stuff and it's also easy I suppose to criticize her but I find her scripts almost impossible to criticize uh her uh, the yeah. ones that she writes herself frankly like i think yeah. that they're really they're really strong and it's easy to say that as like a woman like whatever had many of the same life experiences as her um but it is yeah i like her i'm very excited for barbie even though that's a whole other thing <laughs> yeah we'll talk we'll talk sure. barbie for sure the um, um I, I think mrs america i mean i still basically love it it is sort of one of the the best examples of one of life's more most important like lessons, which is that anybody who calls himself an ant- entrepreneur is a scammer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is like uh, there's something about it because I you, you called it minor, and I agree in a sense because for where it falls, sort of in my like thoughts of what I like about Bombbox movies, it is sort of in the middle. Um, whereas like if you were just like looking at letterbox ratings, if that was like a thing you were like, what is, what is the, that it would be higher up because I think the joke density in this thing is unmatched by like any mainstream comedy of the past decade and a half with a few exceptions. Uh, and I, I think I, I just can't overlook how funny it is. Like what rewatching it this most recent time was probably like the fifth time I'd seen it. And it's still every line hits so hard every like the checking the like the time code of the movie and seeing that they get to the house halfway through i lost my mind because in my head i'm like the house is like 20 minutes of the funniest stuff in the movie and it's like well actually it's like 30 minutes and it's wall-to-wall jokes and you will not be able to breathe through parts of it because you're laughing so hard and i think that i just like have to commend that where it's like you don't get movies as funny and a, a performance i said on um twitter that gerwig is giving a robin williams performance which is funny to have in contrast with insomnia but like the way she tells jokes it's just like like back to back to back here's a million things i'm gonna say and then i'm gonna go like in you know whatever at the time fabletics teach a spin class it's like so funny to see gerwig in that mode and when she's like 
uh, her, her, she's like, do you know where Times Square is? And right, then she's yes. like, welcome to the Great White Way. <laughs> right. she, she, you just imagine her getting to the top of the TKTS <laughs> steps and just waiting for like 15 minutes for Lola Kirk to get there yeah. so she can make the big entrance walking them. Because those are like, those steps, they go to nowhere. They're just steps that uh, you go to the top yeah, and then you're on top. Of, uh, 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 yeah, you're above the ticket booth. Um, and so you just like, and that's like a classic New York, like when my, I went to NYU and when my dad came to visit, like we would go like sit on the TKTS steps for like 15 minutes and just like sort of take in the air or like take in the area or whatever. Like, it's like a thing that like people do and like they hang out there, like especially tourists. Um, but it is, yeah, it's, 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 it's a really funny way to think about, uh, thinking about, Gerwig being like, I want to make like a really big entrance for this like person well, who is like this. So slowly, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. She's like hearing the applause in her head. Like it's there's. Um, I, I think what you said, Cassidy, about Francis Ha being a thing of like when you're a teenager, it is like all awesome. She just is like only doing cool stuff, smoking indoors. And I think the same thing you can say about Mistress America, where it's like Kirk as this like college freshman. Yeah this is the perfect person that it's like she needs to learn this isn't someone to aspire to be but in at, at first it's like she's in the big city there's all this stuff and she's like i right. don't even know anyone who lives in times square and it's <laughs> right. like yeah because no one lives in times square yeah her apartment is zoned commercial i mean yeah the discussion about this movie is going to be uh quotes where i'm just laughing and like here's the 90 things that i wrote down that they said that was funny um but I guess I, yeah. Go ahead. I think Kirk's really good. I, I'll say. I think uh, obviously Gerwig is a showpiece, but I do think Kirk is, is to me is just a very believable person at that age. Yes. and it's maybe yeah. a big reason why I was like, oh yeah, that's me. We that should is, say what this like the setup is with Kirk, which sure. is that Kirk is is she's like a she's a Barnard freshman. Um, she's an aspiring writer, mm-hmm. uh, and her her mother is getting married to Greta Gerwig's father, and we never see Greta Gerwig's father; we just hear him on the phone, yeah. I think, once. Um, but so, but she's new to the city; she doesn't have a lot of friends. She's it's like that college freshman thing of like, I don't like she, I'm trying I mean, to figure out yeah. who I am as an adult, sort of thing. Uh, she wants to join the literary society that uh, that throws pies on people when they yeah. when they get in or whatever. Um, and then yeah, she she connects with Gerwig and like sort of has all these uh, adventures well, of yeah. She finds this like, character and is like, I'm gonna write down right. every single thing that she says. Where it's like right, uh, yes. She she says it's too much fun to agree with her is the opening line, and I'm like, that's great. That's exactly <laughs> like you just want to enable this. And I mean, and you you talk about the exposition dumps and like how well it's used in Insomnia. And, like, this movie is 80-something minutes, 86 or something like that. It's less than 90, definitely. It's it's so short. It's so fizzy. And, like, at the beginning, you were just getting, like, scene after scene after scene that's just, like, Lola Kirk, we get it. She is, like, you know, this wayfish character. Like, no one – everyone walks over. She's a doormat. And then it's, like, here's five minutes of Gerwig, like – going to parties, doing this, like, talking about Twitter, <laughs> and you just get all this stuff. That it's... Performing with the band, yeah. Yeah, performing <laughs> yeah. with the band's so funny. Uh... Which, I, which is, I think, is, like, why this movie is sort of interesting as a Gerwig auteur piece, because I do think this is sort of, more than Frances Ha, I think this is sort of halfway between what a Greta Gerwig movie looks like when she's a director and what a Noah Baumbach movie looks like, because if she has any sort of, like, hallmarks as a director it is that like chaotic like line yes, bounce yes. line it's bounce very lady bouncing, here, bouncing here 
Yeah, Lady Bird, I think even like Little sure, Women sure, is sure. like that, which is sort of like what really marks that as her trademark, which is like, what which, what is she going to do with this 100-year-old novel? Because you can get away with that because the artifice of it is like, okay, but this is the old times yeah. and people kind of talk differently. And now when you do it, it's like, it's, it's always a stage play and it's fine if you want to, you know, that's, but that's part of the thing, which is very good at doing the, the constant mm-hmm. chatter. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's a, yeah. There's a lot of great like overlapping yeah. dialogue in Little Women. Yeah, which is like obviously Bombach, a dialogue guy, yeah. but I I don't think he's quite that chaotic in his own films, and that is sort of more the energy that Gerwig brings. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they 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 meet up because Kirk is like, I need to meet this person. My mom wants me to meet this person before Thanksgiving or whatever because they're gonna both give readings. And like one of the first great jokes is that her name is Brooke Cardenas, which is just a great name <laughs> to put with Gerwig's whole vibe. Um, I mean, it's a very girl's name. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot sure. of we mentioned girls. Uh, girls was right. mentioned. Um, there's a lot of girls' energy in this, which we love to see. Um, yeah. our, our second straight year of talking about well, I mean, buddy, on every single episode. Our, our second collectively, but my fifteenth. <laughs> However long, when did girls come out? I guess not that long ago. <laughs> 2012. Yeah, um, something like that. Yeah. Like, but I was there on tiny furniture, man. I got it on the ground floor. Uh-huh, sure. Uh, but Number yes. one Lenny Letter subscriber. <laughs> you joke. You joke. <laughs> we were there. <laughs> um, but yeah, her, her, she calls her and she's like, you've reached Book- Brooke Cardina. She's got the voicemail and like doesn't like hangs up the phone and instantly gets a call back and it's like hi this is brooke cardenas i just got a missed call from this number <laughs> very funny and then yeah they um she's sort of gerwig's like dispelling all this information about like these are my ex-best friend who like stole my t-shirt idea and my cats and my fiance or whatever and they like yeah. setting all of this in motion and uh gerwig at the very beginning gets photographed kissing someone at a party which then her beau Stavros, who's in Greece, finds out about and right. changes and the pulls, locks on the door. <laughs> right, and pulls the funding from her restaurant yes, that she's that starting, she, where she you can also get restaurant. your haircut. <laughs> anytime she talks about the restaurant, it's great. It's, it's just like it gets, a, it becomes a more fake idea the more she talks about it. Into so terrible. Let me guess. You can get your haircut. Like, that's like the first thing she says. <laughs> And then she does the rewind noise. Yeah. It's so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> the rewind, I mean, no one ever brings up, I don't want cut hair near my face. <laughs> I will tell you, yeah. just to the side, I go, my main coffee shop that I go to near my office where I work is, there's only one coffee shop in the entire neighborhood, and it is also a hair salon. Whoa. And the girl, my girl who will, like, be making my flat white will also be, like, have, like, like bleach in her hair. So, that's, that's okay. Funny. Maybe for prepared foods, a little bit different. Sure. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're not getting a lot of milk. I'll, I'll trust you on that. Oh, I don't know if it's code. I, I think it's hilarious. I'm like, what? But it feels like I'm sure. walking into a movie where that's possible and not real life. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they... Um, eventually, she uh, goes to a hypnot... Or not, a, a, a fortune teller. Um, right. And they, like, are bringing up fabric, all these ideas of, like, the T-shirts. And, like, the whole plan is to go to Connecticut. Spirit to says... Don't listen you, to Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, but I think even before that, I think it is interesting to talk about uh, uh, Car- Brooke Cardenas's like she she is like makes friends at the college, is trying to get into this literary. No, no, L- Lola Kirk is uh, Tracy Fishko. Tracy, 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 right? She tries to get into this literary society. She doesn't get in. 
uh, with her friend. Tony? Well, there's a guy that she's played trying by the to great Matthew Cher. date, and then he ends up dating another yes. girl, so she feels kind of, like, ignored. Uh, Nicolette, yeah. who's played by Jasmine mm-hmm. Cephas-Jones. Both hilarious performances, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, they're very good. Um... The lines are obviously doing a lot of the work, but I think they they what, sure. When he uses that guy a lot, though, he he's used him. He's in um, yeah. Myrowitz, and he's in yeah yeah. When they when they read each other's stories, and then immediately he's like, "Do you want notes?" Yeah, and she's like, "Uh, okay." And he's like, "The the middle is not believable." <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, "Do you have any notes for me?" And like his only note is like, "I didn't be- like." And then she's like, like, uh, no. Yeah. (laughs) It was good. Um, It's really funny. And then when she does come up with, like, a lot of very specific, very cutting notes later on, when she's gained more confidence, it's really good also. There's a a great line in that where they're, like, on the bed talking, and he's like, I'll refresh our screwdrivers, and, like, gets up. That whole scene is, like, very much, again, like, the the end of Lady Bird, when Lady Bird goes to NYU, and she's, like, trying to hang out with people and it's like but they're the greatest but they're the greatest but the greatest hits or whatever yeah it's very yeah right she's like you should stop trying to be funny because you're not oh yeah Uh, (laughs) stop trying to be sarcastic because you aren't (laughs) yeah but it i do think it like sets up the story in an interesting way that i relate to in a maybe evil way Mm -hmm. where it's just like Wanting to hang around cool people just so you have things to say, right? Things to do. Yeah. She's. I mean, it's it's really funny. There's a lot of like, it, it is so fizzy and so like jokey that it feels, uh, especially on this rewatch, that I'm like not really emotionally connected to it as much as I would have on the first time I watched it. Maybe, but there is a lot of great stuff that Kirk is doing subtly. Where like. Uh, I mean, I mean, maybe even not so subtle, like, the scene where she goes and doesn't know which pasta to buy is very sweet, I think, where she's yeah. just, like, trying to seem impressive and, like, what's the right pasta to buy is such a crazy question. Right, and, and she's on the phone with her mom yes. about it, right? And then she yeah. calls the boyfriend, the, the, the guy, she's like, I don't know which one to buy, and then she buys, like, ten boxes. Um, right. Or, or even when, uh, earlier, when they're, like, she says, like, uh... Uh, it's, she's like the product of every restaurant is just someone being like I want to make a restaurant and she's like that's everything <laughs> and then she starts writing it down <laughs> she's like, yeah that's where they, their uh, relationship is the most interesting because that is one of those things that is one of those things where it, where it's like a lot of the dynamic is Tracy being sort of grounded but kind of too high minded yeah. and uh, Brooke being wanting to get things done even if she has very little functional knowledge and ability to get things done. But those moments where it's like Brooke can sort of fight back a little and like push back against the Tracy's shit is very funny. Yeah. Until I think the end where I think that is the mo- the biggest thing where I liked it less this time. Sure. Which is the sort of ending sequence. Yeah, post the house. Like the no, I mean part. at the ha- the oh. end at oh, the oh, end oh. of the house where it's everybody being like actually Tracy's the bad one. Well, I think it's sort of like but that is a funny that it's just like because at that point everyone has turned against her uh, of like Brooke and then the other two kids and then the way that everyone else just gloms on is so funny where the guy is like uh, or, or the girl, they get the like, pregnant do lady. You believe in abortion or whatever? She's like what yes, you- <laughs> yes, like, yes. Uh, Mamie, Claire, Mamie Claire, where she yeah. uh, she's like I wrote ten questions about your story. It's like. Uh, what would someone who bombs abortion clinics think of, think of your story? <laughs> um, but and then also you get like the pregnant lady who's like, uh, 
like a, a, an accountant lawyer or something like and then they're like you can drop a contract though right <laughs> he's like i suppose so and they all turn against her it's so funny but i i, I mean there is like the, the the climax of their story it is sort of just like okay like it fizzes out a little bit but um th- there is yeah. like there's there's so much other stuff i do like the scene where yeah. um also, just in the, the gorgeous. Also, wait, sorry, the architectural significantly. The architecture significant home is like something that I was like, yes. what? When I was watching yeah. it. But also, when Gerwig uh, answers the phone to her dad, being like, we're not going to get married. And mm. then she actually gets like really emotional. And like, that isn't obviously That's the. A good scene. the that yeah. isn't most of what the movie is. But I, I did think she. I, yeah, it, it, it sent a little bit home where she was like, she can see how disappointed she is in herself. And I feel like. Most of the film is yeah. really through, really maintains the perspective of Lola Kirk's character, where you don't think that it's weird that a twenty-nine-year-old's hanging out with an eighteen-year-old, and like, is clearly like right. you're you're seeing it through her eyes, and you're kind of seeing the wonder, and you're getting wrapped up in that world, and then to see mm-hmm. her be vulnerable on her own, I think is needed, and is you know what was where yeah. she go, but I feel like so quickly it could just become Gerwig's movie because she's the crazy, charming, charismatic one. With all the, yeah. but it, I feel like it actually yeah. maintains the perspective of the younger character decently well. Yeah, yeah, because I I do think like in sort of a reversal of what I said, like later in the ending, when Tracy comes back and uh, Greta's like, "So you're gonna apologize to me?" She's like, "No, I didn't do anything yeah. wrong. Like, why would I apologize?" I, that is a sort of good character beat. Yeah. But yeah, that that scene with her on the phone, it is good because. Up to that point, it is, like, a very realistic dynamic that I have encountered of just, like, this very this very confident person is keeping a person around just to just be witness to them being cool. And in that scene, you do sort of get the, like, melting that a little bit of, you know, she, she has some affection for it. Well, her. yeah, and then there's, like, the back-to-back gut punch of, like, that, and then Michael Curtis is like, I'll give you money, but to close the restaurant, and, like she takes that deal and it is like she's very deflated and then it is like the betrayal of the essay um but yeah i i, I think we're basically like plot wise they are at the um they go to the house to get the t-shirts and everything back uh, or get get uh, pitch pitch the money uh right. pitch the so, restaurant so, idea to get funding from uh michael Chernus and right. from um, from right from her gerwig's ex best friends uh, rich husband Wall yes. Street guy. who was her Allegedly boyfriend, her boyfriend yes right. <laughs> dylan and uh she, yeah uh mamie claire is her ex-best friend which is another great that's a very you know uh what's um gillian jacobs name on girls oh mimi rose mimi rose yes very funny um <laughs> and then uh <laughs> but i mean yeah i guess this movie is just in the girls extended it, it is there's basically. a lot I mean, it's in Francis Hall, you have you have Driver, and it's very. And you have, I think you Michael Zegan also. Kirk, you have one of the Kirk sisters. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. The. Um, uh, but they go to the house and they are like having this uh, meeting with all these pregnant ladies talking about like Faulkner or Joyce or whatever. <laughs> right. And, their uh, book club is meeting. Book club, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the and guy, the, the college yeah the college folks are like this sounds interesting like can well, we get yeah, in on the this? kids is like, <laughs> Pregnant women are really smart. <laughs> and then uh, he's like, can we sit in on this? I mean, all the stuff with him and, like, when they're playing chess. <laughs> and he's like, who am I playing? Deep blue? I took my hand off. <laughs> and 
they um, he, he like when he's about to lose. Well, yeah. He, <laughs> and then he, the girlfriend Nicolette, has the essay and is like reading it in the bathroom, and he's outside eating the ice cream sandwich. He's like, "I brought you food," <laughs> and then he's like, "Well, I can get you another one." <laughs> she's like, "It sounds like you're eating something." <laughs> yeah. Right. Them also constantly asking M- Mamie Claire, "Can I have this? Can yes, I? Can it's I? Very, is it all right funny. if I do?" <laughs> the, the way that they're so like little kids about it, um, and then the uh, Michael Curtis shows up. He's like. We should get weed. I've got weed in the freezer. Did that kid steal my weed? And she's like, you said weed like 15 times. He's like, they're next to the chip Where wishes. Like, Where he's like, I used to be cool. I listened to Nirvana. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I saw mean, Nirvana he's... before. Never mind. <laughs> One of the great lines uh, there. Is so good. Is, uh, yeah. I mean, Tyrannus is a king. You, you you already talked about Manhattan. I mean. Uh, yeah. And he's, he's, he's throwing heat there, I imagine. Yeah. He's great. He's Fritz, who. Uh, <laughs> Uh, his girl, whose girlfriend is a is a sex worker. <laughs> yeah, uh, one of the great jokes is when um, maybe Claire's like, "I get really into triath- triathlons." I'm like, oh, Brooke teaches cycling. She's like, "Why well, only like cycling when it's get running and swimming with it?" <laughs> it's like, it's a silly little joke. Um, but yeah, the, so then they uh, Gerwig does this big pitch for Jernis and like uh, sort of like saves it and like does this great pitch eventually uh, in the media it, center <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh lola kirk's like tag teaming it with her and then he's like i'll give you the money to like pay back your investors and like start something like we don't need a, a restaurant's a bad idea it's, right and what, it's, we're, we're gonna flip the real estate essentially yes and, like, yeah we'll all make a profit like yeah. it'll be great like <laughs> um and then they find uh lola kirk's mistress america piece of writing that she was submitting to the society uh, on onion skin, which is a great little detail that they like. Why did you print this on onion skin? <laughs> and uh, right. they all read it together and you know turn against her. Once she's like, "You've been writing down everything that I say," and like, which is also just it's... girls Miss... and there's a part of girls and part of little women, which is like you have a writer yes, in yes. your midst who can't be trusted, who's a narcissist obsessed with other people, and then they're gonna do yes. yeah, right, yeah. I, I do think Mamie Claire's bit in that. And her questions is very much is very the reaction to girls in 2012 core. Mm-hmm. Sure, just like very concerned about how women are being portrayed in this. Sure. Yeah, it's it's very this college very, essay. Like, it, like those usually like this movie doesn't feel super like it's obviously aware of itself and aware, but it's not usually self-referential. But I do feel like that's very yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe Claire, I mean, yeah is a is a fascinating like you do like you don't get a ton of her, but you do sense like how. <laughs> how much she is trying to hold on to what she has, like, and, like, how tenuous it all is and everything. And, like, like yeah, and, like, that stuff where it's, like, she clearly, like, she's trying to adjust to this life where she is just sort of a housewife or whatever, but also, like, trying to maintain the, like, she's, like, clearly, like, highly educated and all that stuff. Like, her, like, her trying to figure out what her life is right now and, like, what life she wants to have and, and like, how she's so insistent that, like, they're not going to give... Uh, Greta Gerwig money or whatever, but then Michael Turnus is like, well, I don't know, we'll see, yeah. like, or whatever. And the yeah, whole... I mean, that Turnus character is just like a very, it's like it's a sort of obvious character, but it's just like a very fun character. It was just like a guy who wants to be people, right? Who he wants, wants young people, people to think, to think he is cool, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's the great bit where they're like, uh, 
they're like you can you know rewrite your thing and we'll send it an email and like and she's like you can bcc me and they're like we well, can just cc her because he already knows about it and then michael jordan's like i just learned what case sensitive meant like a day ago <laughs> it's like technology so fascinating i do think that relationship between uh, all the all the i do think i know i was gonna say great twitter movie sure just yes. all, all the all of the which twitter is also stuff. retro now because you know. right sure it, yeah, it captures a Twitter that was, but not that is. <laughs> the relationship between the three of them in the well, house as adults, I think, is actually pretty interesting, even though, as we just said, they're all yeah. sort of archetypes in a way where it's like, she's yeah. the house woman, he's the kind of asshole banker who used to be funny, and yeah. then, you know, she's the wild one. But the entire time, like, he's being pretty misogynist to his wife. He's hitting on <laughs> yes. her. He's hitting on right. uh, Greta Gerwig and, like, at I'm, the same time. Yeah. And he's trying to be funny. But also he's like, oh, well, this yeah. is my money and I can spend it how I want to do. Where she's like a woman who stays at home who's like, well, you have to, I have to have a child. Like, it's like definitely making, a, yeah. giving a lot of commentary being like, this whole situation's bad for literally all three of these people. Like, no right. one is super yeah. happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny, right? But it's like, it's very, it's very sex in the city. Oh, I have a friend who used to live in New York and now she lives in the suburbs because she's married to someone rich. Like, it's playing with those kind of regressive policies. Yeah. But it is yeah, a real thing we, as yeah. well, so it's. I think it's doing it pretty well. When they go to the wrong house at first, and she's like, "I don't know which house it is. I live in New York." <laughs> sure. Like, have you been yeah. here? And just like and once. It... <laughs> yeah. Right. I'll recognize it when I see it. Right. And then he's like, "They're yelling all the time." Yeah. I mean, the neighbor is so funny when he comes to the door and she's like, "Were you watching kitty porn?" And he's like, "I'm a pediatrician." <laughs> uh, yeah. It is. Uh... Yeah, because it's an interesting relationship because it, cause it's like he clearly resents just being like a grown-up adult who just makes a ton of money sure. and has to be some level of responsible, which is why he's sort of hitting on and just is desperate to right to find hang the weed around, and yeah yeah <laughs> hang around Gerwig and these kids because he wants to be cool and he's sort of envious of the place where Gerwig is at, even though Gerwig is obviously trying to get out of that because she even beyond whatever. Right manic confidence she has right. she does sort of realize that it's sort of sad to be where she is right well and he ultimately point. isn't gonna give her like he's not gonna live vicariously through her by like having her start the restaurant either which is interesting no but i mean it's like even interesting because it's like him denying her the restaurant is sort of him keeping her at her, her state where it's like he's right. denying her the opportunity to become a responsible adult and to sort of get to where he is he, he's sort of keeping her in the state of arrested development yeah, what's the, what's the line like, where it's like rich people just, don't or like they're like oh they're the least generous people and then one of them's like they always give the worst candy at halloween or whatever <laughs> yeah i mean that does sort of remind the movie this sort of remind me another movie we talked about on this podcast of uh Co- cosmopolitan oh uh metropolitan 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 that is true of just like yeah the inherent just like fun ridiculousness of people who think they're very smart sure yeah um oh uh, yeah i mean obviously stillman is a very uh gerwig's and damsels in distress um very similar classes blombach uh, a lot of the same players chris eigeman um do any of you know what this house the, is like is this is significant is because it seems so architecturally significant but i did not do my research and figure out where no, it is i I remember because isn't it um it's 2015 and isn't there also like there was some other uh uh is it ex machina they have some huge house right <laughs> that sure, is like yeah. this is was a real house. house um 
No, I, I, I feel like I remember hearing something about it. Okay. But I think I just it love, might like, just a be that, like, set piece. Like, it's just... Yeah. It's, it just... All the yeah. glass. Yeah. The, um... Particularly, I particularly mean, yeah, for the, a comedy. Because usually you're like, oh, it's yeah. eerie or it's, you know, foreboding. And this is just, like, it's, it's just very, hilarious. Um, it's very, like... I mean, obviously very screwball-y. And it, it makes me right. think of, like, just, like, I the feel, big yeah. mansions and, like, holiday or something where they're right. being crazy inside. There's all sorts of, like, stairs in weird places, I feel like. Yes. Like, where they're always, like, going up or down. Everyone's on different levels. Like, it does, like, there's a lot of, like, opportunity for, like, very visually er, and interestingly dynamic blocking. Where, like, sure, characters yeah. are in weird yeah. places in relationships to each other. I mean, what you said the place, it was called the Media Center? Or what do they call it? Right, it or whatever. Curtain, right. They have an actual yes. velvet curtain. Right, and then like, and then like the they have the big projector with the three different yeah. colors, like yeah, and like any of the the reverse shots of like them like looking up at Gerwig are very funny, where they're just like waiting for her to do something. Um, yeah, I think uh, you, you mentioned Twitter. You mentioned that it's like there's a lot of great posting humor where she says time to tweet on Twitter. Uh, she's like, she I'm gonna post a, 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 an Instagram, or she's like, I'm gonna post a gram on Instagram. That means photo. A lot of things like that are very good. I think she I does get scroll it. through her feed at one point, and like, there's some good stuff there. <laughs> yeah, she like, reads yeah. some of her tweets. She's like, not everything's a Twitter idea. What's it? She's like, uh, I would do a cabaret called High Standards, <laughs> and it's just me seeing the standards. Uh, right. I mean, that's a, that's another great like thing in their dynamic that I like really enjoy and relate to. Of just like somebody like that giving you an idea and you trying to like plus it up or say something intelligent and then just like and they like, just get mad at yeah. you they're like you don't get it you <laughs> yeah. don't get this. <laughs> like when yeah. she's like uh, I, it'd be called mistress america and she's like oh sounds like america's woman on the side yeah. and she's like come on yeah yeah <laughs> uh, uh, but she um she says i'd love to get in the app business there's the great scene where they're at the bar and uh her like the kid the girl who knew her in high school comes up and was like you were a bully you would like touch my skin oh. and lick it and say yep tastes bitter and uh she's like i feel bad for the 13 year old girl i was mean to but i don't feel bad for you she's like we're both in our 20s or whatever and she's like i just turned 30 right. she's like, happy birthday right and she's right and the lady's like oh we just saw other desert cities and, oh, and greta gerwig's like oh that's like the right you know it's like pretentious <laughs> trash or whatever yeah. she's like we loved it so and also when i was watching this it felt sort of like i was like was the is this a period piece because i think it was mostly the way that i think lola kirk's character was dressed and a lot of the way that some of the sure. teenagers were dressed as well i was like this could not have been in 2015. I was like, I've been in New York in 2015. I don't think this is, but I think it's just the kind of yeah. holdover of like the more twee, like hipster yeah. I mean, sh- thing in that movie. But I was like, this feels like it's trying to be of a slightly different, a slightly earlier time than it is. Even though obviously yeah, all the it, Twitter references, I guess, were, eh, could have been early. could have been 2012. Oh yeah. It's almost like oh, it's right. a, it's like a 2012 period yeah, from, from 2015. 2015. Like, like, it's, it's a very small difference. But I feel like she's got I the three G iPhone with the cracked yeah. screen. At that point, she would have had the five at least. We can do the math, <laughs> right? God, um, how, yeah. well, how cracked that screen is? She might have had that phone. Sure, yeah, it could. It, it's like a, her high school phone or whatever. Right. There's God. also in Francis Hall, you get a lot of good uh, iPhone four and uh, the old white MacBooks. It's just great to see those. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, is there? Uh, any, I think we can if just any favorite lines we want to get out. I there feel like before. I've said all my. There's so We've many. Been through a lot of them, but I think I like. Yeah. There's yeah. uh, I mean, 
yeah, there's there's a lot of great ones. I uh, I try to write down as many as I could that uh, hit. Yeah, it's weird that someone that studies rocks is really into Jesus. Yes, um, that's a great one. <laughs> when her dad, she's like, my dad's a geologist, uh, but then he like he's trying to get convert uh, to Catholicism, convert your mom. It's very funny. Um, but yeah, I think uh, as far as Barbie goes, how are we all feeling? We're sort of the we're we're closing in on it's finally gonna be here. Right. The yeah. I'm sure things will what get more your, normal uh, in the discussions the, about what it. What is the order of operations for for you guys in terms of actually seeing the films? Are you going to press screenings? Are you going every day? Like, what's the what's the plan? Right now, I have not bought any tickets. <gasps> I'm sort yeah. of just because I there's no it's not playing Oppenheimer's not playing on seventy near me, okay. um, but I'll see it in IMAX and I'll see there's like a small two screen theater near me and I'll probably see Barbie just roll out during the middle of the yeah. day. I'm trying to figure that out. Uh, I, I I go away on vacation, uh, sat a week from from Saturday, so so like, and I work my day job Thursday Friday, so I'm like <laughs> trying to figure out how I can see one or both. Um, uh, my local indie is showing Oppenheimer on 35, uh, but then we also have an IMAX that's just like the probably the worst version of IMAX that's not a IMAX where it's like not a super fancy projector or anything. So I'm like torn is on that. And then, like, the art house is also showing Barbie, but also that's, you know. So I'm, like, really, like, struggling figuring out when I'm going to see what and how and in what order and, and what. Like, all possibilities are on the table right now. I feel like the standard thing is people are going to see Oppenheimer and then Barbie, and then Barbie probably, if they're seeing both. Sure. Um, especially feature, if, they're doing it, the it, if they're doing the double feature, yeah. especially on one day. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I'm, not, I, I'm still trying to, trying to figure it out. <laughs> I have tentative plans to see Oppenheimer and IMAX, but th- that is not near me. It is like oh, an hour. Okay, it's so like that's... two hour drive that I have to make <laughs> to go watch Oppenheimer. And I'm sort of trying to figure that all out because they, like, there aren't any pre-sale tickets for Oppenheimer yet here. And it's like once I figure that out, then I can figure <laughs> out where, Barb- wha- where Barbie lands. Because, you know, it's like – Oppenheimer is much more of the special format thing where you need to figure out where you can see it. Whereas Barbie, I'll watch yeah. it anywhere. How about you? I bought the tickets 30 days from like when they were released 30 days before. Sure. Yeah. Um, they're doing Oppenheimer on 70. At, there's one There's one theater that does 70 in all of Ireland. And, yeah. But I, I opted for the IMAX. I will probably sure. see it in 70, certainly, at some point. Right. But like, that cinema is like I'm worried that I wouldn't have a good time because there isn't mostly who else would be at the, the cinema and I know that not all of the sure. seats are good and I feel like when I go to IMAX sure. I'm like okay I know what I'm getting into so I'm doing a noon I fully was gonna do Saturday but I took off work because I could because I've been working a lot sure so I'm doing noon Oppenheimer IMAX and then like extended lunch dinner with drinks and then Barbie uh, in the evening yeah, nice. at a different, that's probably more, the plan. like regular cinema. So, so that that's gonna be because originally I was gonna see Barbie in the evening and then overnight in the Saturday see Oppenheimer. But I was like, no, no. Once you know, I I'm gonna do it. So and I had other friends who are yeah. freelance and are like, oh, we can just go whenever we want. I was like, I will. Yeah. I will move to you. So I'm gonna do that. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited for Barbie. Yeah. I mean, at Barbie. I mean, I feel like it's been so. Obviously, with the marketing campaign, and I know a lot of people are pretty sick of it, and I understand that, and I do get it. And we obviously, with the strike, there's no more of that, but there was so much of it that, like, yeah. it's not like it even matters. 
um, the amount of, they had like four or five premieres. They did the world, like the global yeah. press tour. Like it's massive. Right. Every other yeah, Margot dressed like a different Barbie every at every one. Right. Like all that sort so, of stuff. So, but I'm yeah. still, I'm not completely jaded to it. I think I'm still gonna have sure. probably a good time. Yeah, yeah. I think because uh, I've sort of been on the cautious optimism train from the beginning, where it's like at the when i mean when did we start hearing i mean because the pictures were coming out last year of the yeah, set photos yeah. and i mean we had heard about it before then obviously that they were making right. the barbie movie and um, the, yeah the, the first trailer was like christmas the, christmas the of last year i this most was this past christmas i think sure yes was the uh the the 2001 teaser. right yes because it was with um what was the i mean it was with some big movie um that everyone was seeing avatar it was with avatar yeah uh and uh and, and I, I mean, obviously, uh, especially at the time, up until this most recent rewatch, I considered Lady Bird a movie that I love, and I believe basically that Little Women is a masterpiece. So there's like no reason for me not to trust Gerwig as a filmmaker, but then there's also just like the whole thing of it being the Barbie movie, where it's just like you have to have the caveat of like it's gonna be a little cringe for lack of a better word and it's i'm maybe getting to the point where i'm like i can just accept the cringe and like i'll just have a fine time and like watch the barbie movie and it'll be what it is without any sort of like uh uh huge like demarcations like it'll it'll, i'm sure it'll be fine like i'll have a fine time yeah i wouldn't i'm not like on the hype train right now but i'm like it'll be fine it'll be i yeah he's a good filmmaker I, i do feel like i feel like most of Gerwig's work has some cringe in it. In in, in sort of like Maybe I don't know. A I feel different like, kind you, of cringe. But. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I'm very excited. A I think especially. Um, I saw that her um, her interview with Letterbox where she talked about specifically what films were influencing this. Like that format was like a little bit whatever, but like the way that she did actually like talk about the movies that were influences and how like what she took away from them and stuff did get me. Like she talked about like. All sorts of stuff, like all that jazz and um, uh, uh, Truman Show, uh, famously Jesus bringing. Yeah, up. the Truman Show. Um, a lot of Minnelli, a lot of you the know, Godfather. Yeah, Minnelli. Also, yeah, the the um, all the uh, like Young Girls of Rochefort and all those like sure. Demi movies and all that sort of stuff. like the way that she talked about like what she was pulling from and Powell and Pressburger and all that sort of stuff. Um, I thought was like, oh, there's like a lot going on here, and I think in and she talks about how it's like sort of a musical and like how. Like and yeah, and the level of sort of fantasy that's going into it. And I think there's like, I'm I'm excited to see it. I think I think it'll be a I'm you know I'm I think it'll be one of my favorites of the year probably. But we'll see. Sure, Amelia. Yeah. <laughs> um. Where am I? Do you like Little Women? Because we didn't really. Our co-host I who is not Little here. Women. She I... does not like Gerwig. Um. So we were blocked the first year. We do these awards every year just for a bit of context and. We were blocked from giving Florence Pugh an award for Little Women, which I feel like the three of us were all on the train yeah, of. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I, I think that whole movie is tremendous, and Pugh's like, that. yeah, outstanding yeah. in it. Um, but and, and so, and, and now, like, obviously, like, I, I'm just, I'm curious where you are on a Little Women, Emilio. I mean, I love Little Women. I mean, I might be unique here in that I like Little Women when I like Lady Bird. No, no, probably. no. That's 100%. I'm on that train as well. Uh, but I think both of her movies are really good. Uh, she's a good filmmaker. The Barbie thing has it gotten to me slightly? 
I mean, yeah, it's but I try to, I, I try to like it's annoying in a way that's not really the movie's fault. Yes, so I, I don't think it'll that's a great color point. My, it'll it won't color my whatever my thing. That for movie, the movie is not as fun. I would have. Yeah, right. No. And it is. I was not expecting the degree to which they are doing like, and it was inevitable. Then yeah. I should have realized it. Like, it. like they're doing like car yeah. tie-ins and stuff. Well, and, and they like fucking they're... made a house pink or whatever. Right. But so they're crazy. like marketing it in the but, same like, way that they I market like an a, Avengers a Gap movie or Barbie whatever. Like, tank top? like, yeah, like I fully <laughs> own a yeah. different outfit than I did a, a month ago. Like, and it's not a Boppenheimer. It's not a combo one. It's just a Barbie. <laughs> sure. But I'm like, yeah, I am. I did get pink now like i did dye my hair pink like a month ago like this is it is good like marketing works <laughs> so <laughs> yeah it works it sometimes. sometimes there's, it there's no denying sometimes. it um but i do think for sure it, it has been like a sort of you know two lines crossing of just i used to be i was initially more skeptical of oppenheimer and then as it as it's been closer to release i've mm-hmm. been getting more and more excited and Barbie, I was sort of sold on the initial concept, and I have been getting a little less excited, and they're sort of cresting right now at different points. Sure. I, but I think it'll be good. Yeah. It'll be fun. My reaction is also really, like, I always get my back up a lot when people react, like, react strongly against artists, like, trying to make more mainstream film, like, things for larger audiences. Like, I do always, like, I'm, I always, like, I, I, I feel like people are always like, oh, you should make the movie that I'm interested in, not the movie that, like, you're interested in making and, and reaching a wider audience in a way. And, like, I do, like, I just get my back up about, like, whenever anyone, like, any, like, you know, art, arty director gets announced for some sort of, like, Disney remake? Studio, studio movie or Disney remake or whatever, people are always like, oh, like, we lost them or whatever. And I'm like, well... It's like I mean maybe traditionally about what they want to make like they, yeah but they, I would maybe disagree with that I would say that like I mean and what do I know I'm just some schmuck like maybe Gerwig is like I've been wanting to make the Barbie movie and I just haven't heard of this uh you think about like Barry Jenkins making the Lion King sequel it's like yeah. that's the most depressing thing exactly. I've ever heard <laughs> no I think that's great if he if he thinks that there's something interesting for him to do with that I think that that's wasn't. wonderful. Yeah, that's not what I think his thought process is, Andy. I am a trillion – also, I think the counter to what your reaction is is that I am a thousand percent justified in not being interested in that. Like, (laughs) if he wants to do that, that's a thousand percent fine for him. I don't want to watch it. Yeah. So it's like – You can tell me that it's Godfather 2 all you want. It's still the Lion King (laughs) 2. It's still Mufasa Origins or whatever. I just – like, I – like – Also, I think what has become – sort of mainstream yes. i think it it's is, changed is from what different like if greta gerwig was just making like some studio romantic comedy for a hundred million dollars with some dancing in it i think the backlash would be much less big as making the barbie movie. yeah which is uh i mean that's I just the state like of the it, industry that's just the state of the industry which is again it's like one of those things where it's like i don't blame her yes. i think the movie might be good or bad with or without all that attached to it but i do think it is especially in the way maybe the entire industry collapsing i do think it is a fair conversation to have around the whole thing yeah. well i think with that 
Not fun. Where, <laughs> I think with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, this episode's going to be so long. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I just saw the, how long we were going. Um, we, uh, we have a small segment at the end uh, that's called Special Presentations where we just talk about things that we've consumed recently that we enjoy. And uh, we can do that right now. I'll start us off. Uh, I watched Spike Lee's Mo Better Blues recently for the first time, and it's a masterpiece. Completely in love with it. Uh, and specifically, they use uh, acknowledgement from John Coltrane's A Love Supreme in one truly incredible scene where they just play most of it, if not all of it, uh, in this montage. And I've just been re-listening to that over and over again. So that is my recommendation, is John Coltrane's A Love Supreme. And listen to the original and then listen to the live in Seattle version because it's awesome. And I think I get jazz now is my whole thing. <laughs> Because of this. Anyone else can go now. Andy, Emilio? Uh, I don't really have... I guess I will, I'll say uh, the breakfast sa- my go-to breakfast Whoa. sandwich that I make for myself, uh, which is uh, an Aldi brioche bagel Whoa. that I butter, I butter and grill, Ooh. and then uh, do an over-easy egg, melt a slice of cheddar on top, and put some bacon Whoa. on it, and then some hot sauce. Whoa. Uh, love the breakfast sandwich. Is, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, my go- it's my go-to breakfast uh default breakfast if i have time to make it i'll i will make it no uh and it's very tasty i know we already we just said that we were going long and opening a yeah. bagel conversation is maybe a way to go even longer but sure you said brioche bagel is that your go-to or is that just you like this no that bagel? i mean that's like especially like a bagged supermarket bagel sure. like that's like probably top tier of that because well, like a toaster bagel i feel like is like it's not as good obviously is like a is a bagel shop bagel i've um recently had a toaster bagel that was great and it wow. is the h and h frozen bagels okay they kind of go dummy hard is what i'll say sure um whenever i go back to, to america um i i'm from new jersey and i get uh the, right. the bagels aren't really a thing in, in ireland um sure and i get yeah. uh, my dad will buy me two dozen everything bagels from like the local place and i will pack them in yeah plastic bags and then paper bags and then right. put them in my carry-on, and my carry-on is entirely bagels. And I ship them back, yes. and then I freeze them, and then I eat them for, like, as long as they last me, which is usually, like, a few right. months. And yeah. it's my favorite thing. And I will, I'm preparing because I'm out, and I haven't had a bagel in a good minute. Yeah. Yeah. Great plug, Andy. Emilio? Thanks. Cassidy? Either of you? I recently... <laughs> you know what? I just finished a, the... There was a retrospective... Uh, there's a Paul Newman series at the Irish Film Institute... I hadn't ever been, I don't know, like it was a sort of a blind spot, just like Newman's filmography. Mm-hmm. I just went to all of them and I loved them. And it was a very fun, it was like a summer thing. It was all June was Paul Newman at the IFI. Great time. And HUD, amazing movie. HUD is so good. Sure. And I'd never seen it. And the James Wong Howe, the cinematographer, just amazing. Just mm-hmm. the best looking movie in the world. Yeah. And would recommend it. No idea where to find it. I don't know where you'd see it. Sure, yeah. But it's so, so beautiful and just fantastic. So, Paul Newman. Spend some time it's with Paul Newman. like a Warner summer. Archive probably. Blu-ray out there. Yeah. yeah. Emilio? I haven't been doing a lot. Uh, I guess I'll plug my new Bather brand swim trunks. Whoa. I have some new swim trunks, and I like them. They're just sort of like a green nice just like, sort of like pine tree green they're pretty short i like wearing short shorts now uh warm to the beach yesterday 
got sunburned and hungover, <laughs> and that's how I showed up to this podcast. So a weekend well spent. I did yell at Jimmy to wear sunscreen more often. Don't worry, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> you did yell that to me at 10 p.m. <laughs> yeah, after you already got sunburned. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I think, I mean, at this point, if there's anything you'd like to plug or promote, social media, anything like that, Cassidy, is, now's the time. Yeah, um, I have literally nothing to promote. You can follow me on Twitter, uh, I guess, but mm-hmm. the, just everything's so in flux, you know? Like, yeah. not, who knows where I will be? I am at Olson Cassidy on Twitter. <laughs> I am at Cassidy Olson on Instagram, and I guess Threads, even though I posted twice. Um, and Th- Threads ain't it. <laughs> Drop Threads. Yeah, it's not, that's the thing. Like, as I'm soon not, as I'm you can. Really so, yeah, just, yeah, I'm on, I'm on Letterboxd. I'm on Twitter. I tweet all the time. I shouldn't. Yeah. And, yeah, that's sure. all. Awesome. Thank you again so much for being on. Yeah, yes, thank, thank you, you for, for joining us. It was a lot of fun. fun. Yeah. And then uh, as far as us, if you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, we are at Can I Kick It. We're at Pod on Letterboxd on, and Instagram. Uh, Can I Tick It on TikTok. Can I Kick It on YouTube. Half uh, of these are dead accounts, I will <laughs> say. None of them are dead. <laughs> they just don't get you. They're sort of like, they're dying. Zombie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They never yeah. died, Andy. They never dormant, went away completely. Yeah, dormant they're for will, sure. They're Will Dormer accounts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're sleepy as hell. Um, uh, and you can email us. I mean, he's not coming. <laughs> well, I mean, now <laughs> he's dead. Will Dormer in the sort of middle is where our <laughs> Instagram that hasn't been used since 2021 is. Um... And you can email us questions at canikickitpod at gmail.com. We have our coffee, which you can donate money to at ko-fi.com slash canicannesi. Our theme song is by Tree Related, who's on Spotify and SoundCloud at Tree Related. I am on Twitter at Clatchley. Andy is Andy T. Germ. And Emilio is I'm Laugh Alone. And I guess since Jesse's not here, I She'll will... She'll have been at the beginning of the episode. Well, sure, yes. She'll be here uh, in spirit. But I will release the audience. Bye. Bye. Bye.